it's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. And good evening. And we are looking for Ryan Epling. (laughs) Actually, uh, Ryan had a... uh, PA job to do at Wayne High School tonight, and he's running a little behind schedule. I'm Joe Limble along with the coach, Rick Marone. And uh, coach, it, it seems really odd that Ryan is not here, but we should be used to that. You know, he normally, for you got, you know, folks at home, normally he's taking his jacket off coming to the seat at 8 30, you know, <laughs> right before we go on the air. But anyway, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We have a a show loaded up with a lot of good content tonight. Coach, uh, last week we were talking cancellations. This week it is unreal. We have 46 boys games on tap and 18 girls games. So we got a lot of basketball to talk about tonight and a lot of scores to give out. Well, i tell you what, Joe, a lot of scores, a lot uh, of content, as you mentioned, but it's going to be a great show tonight. Not only do we have a lot of great games, a lot of the great matchups that come out of both the boys and the girls' side. And then I tell you what, uh, we've got some very special guests on the show this week. Of course, the normal features are uh, standout athletes of the week. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, will be with us later in the program, and we encourage everyone to participate in the show. But, Joe, like you said, uh, the weather is always kind of uh, hovering or looming around basketball season this time of year. But, boy, we really caught a break this week. And as you mentioned, that scoreboard uh, is loaded from top to bottom. It really is. Uh, if you want to call in tonight, the number is 855-78-HOOPS, 855 855-78- Eight uh, six six seven seven. I'm always afraid I'm going to get that. I always have to look at a dial touchstone <laughs> pad when I give that name uh, out. Of course, our Twitter feed is at hoops underscore roundup. So, uh, and of course, Facebook, Twitter, uh, we're accessible by just about any means of social media. So, anyway, uh, real quickly, last night. Uh, Summers County played, and we'll talk more about this as we go on the evening, and I'm hoping uh, Dave Morrison calls in. Actually, I was on his show earlier today, and he, he called me up, brought me in on a break, and we talked about basketball Friday night until another break, and he hung up because he told me he had to go to a ball game somewhere, and he was out of there. So <laughs> that was called, man, I tell you what. But anyway, last night at Greater Beckley Christian, they had some kind of moisture or some kind of uh, material come up on the floor. They got the JV game in. And then uh, before they got the varsity game, just I think barely underway, there was this a slick solution on the floor, and I don't think they ever did figure out when. And I was hoping that uh, Super Dave could give us some more information on that. But has anything like that ever happened to you that you you know? That, that's really odd. Yeah, it's very unusual because uh, it, it starts uh, endangering the safety of all the players. But, you know, we've all seen a, a roof. It might have been a leaky roof. You get a heavy rain and you get that one drop of, of right. water. And sometimes we've had that happen before where you had to pause a game to clean it up. Or I've even heard of some places where there's been issues uh, with uh, water getting on the floor and the game being postponed and having to reschedule it. I know that game was in its early stages, so it had actually begun. And then, as you mentioned, there was some type of a film or some type of uh, of uh, thing that got onto the floor that caused it to be unsafe. And Joe, I'll tell you one of the the, the most strange things about games getting moved because sometimes it happens in mid uh, in midstream. It was actually in your neck of the woods in Madison. We were on our way down to play in a girls game at Scott High School. They had a power outage in part of the town in Madison, and the other part didn't. So down the road at the middle school, they had power. We actually had to hop back on the bus, hit a few blocks down the road, and uh, we actually completed a game. 
down at the middle school there in Madison. So electricity can be a factor as well, but have not really heard of anything where you had a film on the floor like that. Yeah, hopefully we can learn a little bit more about that as we go on in the evening. You are talking about that grid. It, the power grid through Madison is, is a little strange. They've worked on it, and I think they've got it upgraded now that you know, either everybody's on or everybody's out. Because it was like, this block has it, this block doesn't. So anyway, we know you're looking for scores, so you came to the right place at basketballnight.com. Rick, if you will take the boys' score, I'll do the girls. <laughs> Looking for scores? Look no more. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Here's your initial scoreboard update. Let's take a look at the boys' side. It's Moorfield, 64, East Hardy, 44. The Golden Bears of Oak Glen fall to Toronto, Ohio, 73-59. Toronto with the win. The Cameron Dragons get a nice win over Valley Wetzel, 48 48- 28 over the Lumberjacks. Valley Fayette 67, the Buffalo Bison 35. The Red Devils of Calhoun County at the end of three lead Clay County. It's 29-25 Calhoun over Clay County. A big-time final out of the Canal Valley, Joe. The Capital Cougars get a 61-58. Actually, they're leading 61-58 over GW that game in the fourth quarter. The Tigers of Chapmanville leading Scott 49-22 at the half. Trinity 35, Clay Battelle 22 that game at the half. The Bluefield Beavers at the end of three lead Grand Virginia 41 to 37. The Hedgesville Eagles 55, the Washington Patriots 45. Cabell Midland, the Knights fall tonight to Huntington High. Big crosstown rival there, 71 46 win for Huntington. 30 to 29, Jefferson leads Musselman at the end of three. And a final just coming in, the James Monroe Mavericks 60, Liberty Raleigh 30. The Logan Wildcats get a 72-59 win over Nitro. Spring Mills falls tonight, 66-40. Martinsburg with a big win in the panhandle. The Big Reds from Parkersburg, 59-46 winners, or lead Woodrow after three. At the half, it's Lincoln County, 30, Point Pleasant, 24. Greenbrier East trails Princeton. It's 57-54 with just a few seconds remaining in that one. It will go final shortly. Fayetteville, 76, Richwood, 66. Riverside, the Warriors fall to Ripley at 60-53. The Vikings with the win. The Indians of Sissonville, Rich Skeens' group gets a 67-55 win over Herbert Hoover in a Cardinal Conference matchup. And the Black Eagles of South Charleston get an 89-43 win over St. Albans. Joe, let's look at the boys' side. Over on the girls' side, here's what we have so far. It's the Irish of Charleston Catholic over the Blue Dons of Madonna, 45-33. At the half, the Fayetteville Pirates Pirates lead Midland Trail 67-37. It was the Mohegans of Morgantown High defeating Wheeling Park tonight 36-29. It was the Bridgeport Indians over North Marion 79 or correction 73 to 59. Buckhannon Upshur defeated Fairmont Senior 62 to 46 in the game where our illustrious uh, <laughs> host Ryan Epling is at tonight, or he's actually on his way to the studio now. But the uh, Wayne Pioneers defeated the Chapmanville Tigers tonight 73 59. It was the Knights of Preston over East Fairmont Bees. That was a 65-52 score. It was the Titans of Gilmer County over Ravenswood tonight, 58-47. It was at the end of three. It's Lewis County over the Grafton Bearcats, 46-29. Uh, also a final now, the Philip Barbara Colts fall to the Lincoln Cougars tonight, 48 48- 
76. And it was the St. Joe Irish falling to the Wyoming East Warriors 70-67. to That game went to overtime. And that's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Tell you what, Joe, a couple of finals just coming in on the boys' side. The University Hawks 75-50 over Buchanan Upshur. And Winfield gets a big conference win over Mingo Central, a 70-58 win for the Generals. So that's uh, up to date to this point, but a lot of scores still rolling in at this very moment. Let's go to the phone line now. We have Lynn Frederick, the uh, Gilmer County announcer, having the, the Gilmer County girls defeated Ravenswood tonight by a score of 58-47. And let's talk a little bit about basketball. Lynn, welcome in this evening. Thank you very much. What uh, what kind of action did we see uh, on the floor tonight between these two ball clubs? Um, Denver County uh, played pretty well. I, I think that uh, a couple big things from this past week for the Lady Titans. They played uh, Clay County on Wednesday and Ravenswood tonight. But uh, they are getting contributions from everywhere. Uh, the team has been uh, falsely labeled, really, in my opinion, as a as a one horse kind of team around Riley Fitzwater and. Uh, Wednesday night, they had four girls scoring double figures, and then tonight in the Ravenswood game, uh, Abby Gwynn, who is a uh, transfer, she transferred in this year to Gunner County, she scored 22 points tonight. Uh, I'm pretty sure in the third quarter, she may have scored 10 or 12 points in a row on five to six trips. Uh, I mean, it was it was every time down the floor they were getting the ball, and she was putting it in every time. It was pretty impressive to see the crowd started to get into it a little bit every time she touched the ball. Uh, so that was impressive. And it was just another well-rounded effort tonight. Uh, Fitzwater had 13. Uh, Carly Somerville had nine. And uh, Bailey Wellens had eight. Uh, that's a big thing for Gummer County is that they're getting contributions from everybody on the team and uh, not getting contributions just from one person like some would have you believe is the case for Gummer County. Yeah, Gilmer County goes eleven and one now with the win. How does how does the community get involved with the team? Do you, do you get pretty good support out at your ball games? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we uh, it's a small community, and uh, I mean, obviously winning helps. And the Lady Titans are on the uh, the second consecutive year of a, a pretty dominant stretch. Um, uh, I noticed it Wednesday, really, in the Clay County game because uh, Clay County came in and they gave us a. They gave us a pretty good game. It was a dog fight. Uh, they actually took the lead there in the second half at one point before we finally put that one away. But uh, Wednesday night uh, kind of got almost woke back up, in, in my opinion, because Denver County has beaten pretty much everybody they've played this year so handily. It's almost, I don't want to say it's hard to get into it, but it's less interesting, obviously. And then Wednesday when Clay came in there and gave us a, a little bit of a fight, it's kind of like our crowd, the crowd woke up and, the crowd was really into it. There was great energy there Wednesday night. And then tonight, following up on that, the place was packed and uh, the crowd was nice and rowdy again. And uh, I think that's that's great for, for the girls and the boys. Uh, the boys have a big game coming up tomorrow, too. And uh, uh, the community is definitely very supportive of the athletic teams here. Tell you what, Lynn, uh, Coach Marone here, uh, just a tremendous job there that uh, Gilmer County's done. Uh, how have they uh, reacted? I know last year, not that they came out of nowhere, but uh, the state title and the magical run that they had, you might think that there had been a, a chance that maybe they would have uh, kind of uh, been a little more lax this year, but it looks to me like they're really focused and they're continuing uh, to move forward. Is that kind of the impression you've gotten, is that they, they're not satisfied that they're still trying to accomplish more? Oh, yes, sir. Um I think that's a, a product of Coach Chapman, too. Uh, 
Coach Chapman doesn't want them to focus on. Right now, they're currently ranked number one in the AP poll. Uh, she doesn't want she doesn't want that to be a focus. Uh, she doesn't want any focus on the fact that they won the state championship last year. Um, uh, the last time I was on the show with you all, I talked about an earlier season game where they played Tucker County, the second game of the year, and uh, they they really handled Tucker County in the first half of that game, and then Tucker turned it on them in the second half. It was a real physical type team, and we didn't respond too well to it in that in that second half, and they ended up winning that game, but. Uh, since then, they've now they've won ten in a row after tonight. They've won ten straight, and uh, I think that Coach Chapman does a great job keeping them level. She doesn't want them to think about rankings. She doesn't want them to think about what they've done or where they've been. Uh, I think she has them in a real good place, and uh, they have another big one coming up Monday. I think they're playing number six, Summers County, up in Fairmont. So that'll be another interesting measuring stick as far as this year's team goes. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Coach Chapman's one of the best coaches, uh, regardless of class in the state, and does a tremendous job. And uh, I tell you what, what about their schedule? I mean, uh, you know, they take on all comers. I mean, I think she realizes the value of the competition they've got. You mentioned there might be some games where they kind of have the the way things going their way, but boy, when you talk about Summers County and you look at Clay County, you look at some of the teams that they have played in Double A and single way across classes uh, do you think that's not a is that a conscious effort on her part to get them ready for tournament time yeah i, I really do uh i mean after what we did last year and the, the great success story that we had it would have been easy to, to lay up and, and take some easy games and coast in the sectionals and regionals but uh, i talked to uh, somebody about it the other day it's she she didn't back away from anybody this year i mean she wanted her girls to be battle tested going into uh tournament time and i mean We've seen Tucker County, uh, we've seen Winfield, we've seen Nicholas County. We still have to see Summers County. Uh, we also already played St. Mary, and we still have to see Williamstown uh, probably twice, maybe uh, once in the regular season and possibly the LKC Championship. Parkersburg Catholic could be another possibility. And then they close out the year playing Lincoln, who's another great team. So she, uh, she definitely put her uh, team in a position to run a continent. Lynn, you're also uh, number one in the uh, basketball Friday night uh, single-A power rankings, and you were talking about that target on your bike. Do you think that is a like an encouragement, or is that a hindrance? Because you know everybody else is out gunning for you. Uh, I really, I mean, I think it just depends on the state of mind. And uh, like I said earlier, I think Coach Chapman keeps the girls level. I mean, honestly, you, you want to be the hunted. Uh, it's fun to be the hunter. And Gilmer County's been the hunter for a long time. We had some success in the uh, early 2000s where we made a couple state tournaments, and we uh, were on the short end of some games with Mercer Christian, who was really great at that time. And uh, we kind of went away for a while, but then we came back uh, with Coach Chapman, and she's been slowly, this has been a slow build. And uh, last year, of course, it took off, and they blew everybody's expectations. And now this year, we get to be the hunted, and I mean, that's that's really all you can ask for. You, you would much rather be the hunted than to be the hunter because if you're the hunt if you're the hunted, then you know you've done something great and you're doing great things. Talking to Lynn Frederick, the uh, voice of the Gilmer County uh, team, and uh, congratulations on the win, Lynn. Thanks for calling in and being a part of our basketballfridaynight.com show. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. 
All right. Hard to believe, but it's uh, 15 after the hour already. I thought I heard a helicopter land outside, and uh, mysteriously, our host shows up in the studio. It's amazing how that works, isn't it? Um, you know, a little weather delay getting out. Uh, you know, mid-30s and raining, not the, not the greatest travel conditions, but uh, glad to be here. And, and a big thanks to the uh, Basketball Friday Night traveling service for getting me here in a timely manner we were we were going to send a state trooper to give you an escort but we didn't know where to tell him i to think pick there was one already behind him but i don't think he was there to escort you can, him. well actually you can only go as fast as the car in front of you and um the car two cars in front of me uh kind of saved everyone any headaches tonight but hey glad to be here glad you're here with us we'll take our first break we'll come back with more basketball friday night in west virginia here on the fast break sports network Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Streaming video online from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard. Watch our live, high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. Become part of the Basketball Friday Night family. We'd like for you to become our correspondent and update us on your team's games. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup at hoops underscore roundup call the show we want to hear from you tonight toll free 855-784-6677 855-784-6677 give us an update on your team's game you can tweet text email or give us a call find out how by visiting basketballnight.com special thanks again to all of our affiliates carrying the show tonight And we want to welcome a new affiliate, our newest affiliate, WMTD, The Ticket, 102.3 FM in Hinton, West Virginia. And if you happen to be watching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on YouTube or Facebook, you're going to notice a lot of great pictures. If you'd like your picture featured, Send it to RSN Sports, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 918 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Limble. Happy to have you along here on this Friday the 13th. It's Friday. <laughs> January 13, 2017. Second edition of this program of the new year and uh, before we move along uh, coach marone 
your team had a big win earlier this week. We're going to shift you from the host to a guest here for a moment. Uh, your ball club, a nice win over Mingo Central, a team that was off to a fantastic start. And I know for your girls, that was a game that you needed and a game that your girls really performed well in. Yeah, it was a, it was a really good effort. It was a great game. Mingo Central's got an excellent ball club, very young ball club. And uh, I think they're going to be uh, heard from this year and into the future. But, uh, you know, able to get a nice win Monday in a makeup game with Tug Valley. So making the tour of Mingo County, we take uh, uh, on Mingo County yesterday a really nice win for us. Uh, you know, uh, the kids had, uh, had been working really hard. It's good to see some payoff for that. And uh, Mingo, a good double-A opponent, and uh, just glad to get a win. Well, you, you've coached long enough where you've had teams that had a lot of depth, teams that haven't had a lot of depth, teams that have been in anywhere in between. <laughs> uh, how do you kind of arc the season for your program in terms of, and your teams in terms of you want to play your best at the end. You don't want to necessarily come out guns a-blazing and run out of gas too soon. Well, I think uh, that's what we're hoping for. We got off to a, uh, really kind of a, a good start. We were 2-1, and one, and then we had a struggle stretch in the middle. Uh, no excuses by any stretch, but uh, we traveled, uh, took on some uh, really good competition, went out of state, had a nice uh, experience uh, at the Smoky Mountain Classic and played some teams uh, from Tennessee and Kentucky uh, and struggled, to be honest with you, throughout the middle of the year. But as far as our in-state games, we're back now into our kind of West Virginia portion of our schedule from here on out. And I think you're right. Uh, you want to be peaking at the right time. We've uh, played well over the last week to week and a half. And, uh, you know, being in Class A is different. Our schedule has took a different twist. So we got some new teams on there, and we're trying to get familiar with our new opponents. So your ball club, obviously, uh, getting that win over Mingo Central, very nice win for the Lady Rebels earlier this week, yesterday. And uh, I know that's a – like I said, that's a, it's just a nice win – in terms of not only a familiar opponent, a nearby opponent, but a quality opponent too, and and, and how do you take that and move forward with it? Well, I tell you, we're gonna we're gonna hopefully be able to gather some momentum again. We've got uh, we've got a really nice mix. We've got some experienced players. We've got some other players that are getting their first varsity experience, but. We have a lot of players in different positions that are really trying to find their way, and we really had some leadership emerge uh, this year uh, from a variety of places. And we're hoping that we can uh, use that momentum to, to stay positive and move forward. We've got three big games next week. Uh, we ease into uh, you know uh, the West Virginia Hit Tournament uh, later in next week. That actually starts this weekend. Uh, we have two games next week in the Hit Tournament, and uh, we've got a couple new opponents we, uh, we haven't played uh, at least in a while. So uh, we're hopeful to move it forward with three big games coming up and that hometown invitation sorry joe that's uh, all right go ahead go ahead <laughs> i was just going to ask uh, coach Moreau. <laughs> you know people talk about rebuilding you know you guys were very successful last year made a trip to charleston but you know it's not like pros or college where you can go out and recruit you know you have to work with your you know the locals coming out of your feeder schools how tough is that on a coach sometimes? You know, I know you probably try to you know, watch some of the grade school games and middle school games and so forth, but, but still, yeah, it's tough to do because you get what you get. Yeah, we do. And uh, I tell you what, uh, it is uh, something, Joe, we take a lot of pride in. We really reach down to our youth leagues and our middle school, and uh, we do some special events throughout the year. We have some camps in the off season. We want our middle school kids in particular to feel like they're a part of Lady Rebel basketball. So they're really part of our program before they get to that freshman year. Uh, we have middle school night throughout the season where they can come. They get in free. They bring their families. We introduce them at halftime. Sometimes they'll play games prior to our games. Me and my assistant coaches make it a point that we're visible out 
out in the community and at the middle school and the youth league games so that they can see us. We run our uh, Rebel Pride camps in the off season. So we try and reach out. And, and you're exactly right. And you have to work with what you have coming in. And we were fortunate enough to be a regional champion last year. We were in the state tournament. And uh, this year, I think it, uh, you know, people were kind of questioning and wondering how the Lady Rebels would come back this year. We've had a few changes uh, with our ball club. But uh, it takes time. And I think sometimes uh, fans are not the most patient. Uh, I don't blame them. You know, you want things to happen yesterday. Uh, we feel like we've tried to develop a solid program. Uh, when I got the job, uh, this would be my 24th year with the Lady Rebels. Uh, our goal was to have a program that could be competitive at a high level every year. Uh, we had heard of teams. You'd seen teams, Joe, that went to state tournament one time. And then you never heard of them again. Right. And I remember our first trip in 97, uh, me and my staff, uh, and my staff has really uh, – I've had a lot of assistant coaches for some reason. They don't want to stay very long. But uh, I don't know. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but, show. <laughs> but you know what? Our goal was to make Lady Rebel basketball a, a, a quality program that could have a realistic goal to compete at a high level every year. We haven't always uh, reached our loftiest goals, but we feel like we tried to establish it so when girls come into our program, they can realistically – look to the girls ahead of them and it's been really great because they hand that torch off and we've got a group this year joe that have run on the floor at the civic center that have experienced that it was the first time in six years we've been back we've been to regionals a few times now that can be passed on so we're excited about it. our girls want to get back and they've worked hard in the off season and they're working hard right now coach rick marone of the tulsa lady rebels thanks for joining us and now back into the co-host seat as we move along to a coach whose team is off to a fantastic start now our power index is going to be a little it will fluctuate a little bit here uh, early on in the season. Still early. We're, we're about the halfway point now. Uh, a week ago, University was number one in our power ratings. But then Wednesday, after factoring in results from Saturday through Tuesday, they dropped to number three. I think they're going to move up a little bit, though, because they beat Morgantown, their cross-county or cross-town rival, 54-50 on Wednesday. Joe Schmeidel is the head coach of the Hawks. He joins us on the program and. Coach, obviously, a 10-0 is a great start. A win over Morgantown is a, a little bit more special for your ball club as well. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, rivalry games are always important. You know, it's a big thing in this town. And, um, you know, it was something uh, we haven't got to experience yet since I've been head coach is having an opportunity to beat Morgantown High. And, you know, they're a great program. We've got a lot of respect for them. And, uh you know, it's it's never an easy one. So uh, it was it was kind of glad to get that monkey off her back. And it was a freshman, Caden Matheny, who hit a three with 13 seconds left that gave your team a two point lead in that four point victory. And coach, a freshman in that atmosphere in that moment, knocking down that shot. First off, was that the shot you wanted? No. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. It wasn't. <laughs> Morgantown, Morgantown, uh, they're a heck of a defensive team, but they were having a little bit of a matchup problem uh, Wednesday night with uh, our power forward, Jeff Hamperian. Uh, and he, he led us in scoring with 23 points, and they just didn't really have an answer for him. And I wanted, I wanted to get the ball to Jeff. Uh, obviously, Morgantown didn't want that to happen, and uh, they were doing a good job of denying the ball. And, you know, Caden's basketball IQ is uh, through the roof. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he sees everything that's going on. His vision and understanding of the game is unbelievable. And he, he picked up on that and he, he got an opening and he knows he's got a green light and he, 
he saw an opening and he he knocked it down. So uh, turned out to be a good thing. So. <laughs> Well, Coach, how was practice yesterday? Because you come back tonight, get a win at home over Buchanan Upshur, 75-50. So, obviously, no hangover effects, at least on the scoreboard in terms of uh, from that big win Wednesday night and that quick turnaround to a game tonight. Well, you know, that's the exact word that my, my assistant coaches and I were using. And um, it was funny because, you know, we're, we're talking before practice and we're going to have to come in and we're going to have to really hammer the kids and get them refocused and – it was unbelievable. The kids came in. We had one of the best practices we had all year. The intensity was high. It, it was like that game was over, and it was it was on to Buckhannon, and um, you never would have known. And we started out with Buckhannon tonight. You know, I was worried about maybe it was going to wait until the day to hit us. And it was 46-16 at halftime. I never even had to play my starters the second half. So, they came out ready to play. The intensity was there, and they played great defense. And um, yeah, it was just a good night. I was because I was I was worried. Buchanan, uh, Buchanan's a lot better this year than they've been, and um, you know I was a little bit worried about a drop of intensity and having a little letdown. Well, fortunately for your ball club, that did not happen, and now. A trip to Wheeling Park looms next week. Also, a game next Saturday against uh, Westinghouse, Pennsylvania. And, Coach, before we let you go, uh, and I always amaze my, uh, our co-host Joe Linville here with how small of a world this, this tends to be, uh, you were a college roommate of my high school basketball coach, Dwayne Tabor from Wayne High School. What was that like? I can't say that kind of stuff on the <laughs> <laughs> No. Hey, Dwayne's great. And I'll tell you what uh, – you know, Dwayne and I were, were roommates for two years, and, you know, Dwayne wasn't the greatest athlete in the world. He wasn't the kind of kid that was going to jump out of gym and that kind of thing, but that son of a gun could shoot from anywhere, <laughs> and he had the picture-perfect picture jump shot, and I was just the other way around. I was the athlete, but I couldn't shoot where the darn, so I wished <laughs> I had his jumper, and I think he, he wished he had my hops, but... It never, it never happened that way. But uh, great guy, great friend. We still talk almost every day now, and uh, you know it was just a blessing to be able to to spend two great years uh, with Dwayne playing college ball. Yeah, Dwayne Tabor, a friend of mine, a friend of yours, and now coach. We're going to call you a member of the family here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us. Congratulations to the great start, and we look forward to talking with you again on down the road. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. All right, that's Joe Schmidl, the head coach of the University Hawks undefeated University boys team. And Coach Marone, that was Morgantown's first loss in almost two full calendar years in the state of West Virginia to an in-state opponent. And for it to be University, the cross-town rival, you know, that, that's a big win for University. That's a tough loss for Morgantown. And uh, that, that's an interesting little pocket for basketball right now. Yeah, very interesting. And uh, what a confidence boost. And exactly like he said, it kind of gives a little pep in your step. And, and uh, Joe, that next day of practice, you always worry about a letdown as a coach. But like Coach Schmeidel said, they, they came in focused, ready to play, played a good follow-up game tonight that uh, you might worry about. But tell you what, you heard about that rivalry in football a lot. But one reason why is because Morgantown's dominated in basketball but not the case right now you know i've said it before i'll say it again sometimes a loss is good i'll leave it at that <laughs> that that can be true i think that'll be a great sectional as oh, well yeah. yeah and uh because that'll be for home court advantage in the regional so uh, a lot to look forward to uh in terms of a lot to look forward to uh, over the course of this show as well we'll have more 
from you, our listeners, and some special guests along the way as we continue. And another scoreboard update here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We go to our second break. We'll be back with more in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight, and we'll share the voting results with you. Last week, 63% of you voted yes, you like the basketball Friday night power ratings. This week's question, do you think the NFHS rules regarding uniforms and accessories are too strict? Vote yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com and vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. We'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. We want you to become part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Follow us on Twitter, and we'll make sure to mention your name tonight. At Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Tweet us your team score and give us your comments on the game. At Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. A big shout-out to some of the people following us. New followers tonight, including Gary Arrowwood, Tanner Sears, Janice Karen Laddie, Nick Carroll, Colby Martin, Alex, Bo Berry, the Court Jesters, top students section and the state following the Big Blacks. But sometimes we call Joe, Ryan, and Rick, the Court Jesters here. Bell, Anthony, Jeffrey Gage, and Joshua Watson. Thank you for following us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. It's basketball Friday night. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epley. 9.33 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Happy to have you along on the program, along with Rick Marone and Joe Linville. I'm Ryan Epling. Before we get to our guest who's coming up, and I can't wait to, to talk with him, let's do our scoreboard update here real fast. We'll let Coach Barone, you get the top half of the boys' scores, I'll get the bottom half of the boys' scores, and then we'll let Joe Lynn will take care of the girls' scores tonight. Looking for scores? Look no more. It's basketball Friday night scoreboard update. On the boys' side tonight, Moorefield, 70, East Hardy, 49. That game is final. That's the Hardy boys' Hardwood Classic, one of the names of the night right there. The Golden Bears of Oak Glen fall to Toronto, Ohio, 73-59. Cameron, 48. Valley Wetzel, 28. Also on the boys' side, Valley Fayette, the Greyhounds, 67-35. Winners over Buffalo. The Red Devils of Calhoun County fall two points short. Clay County gets a 49-47 win over Calhoun. A huge matchup in the Canal Valley. GW falls by one to Capital. 73-72 Cougars get the win. Chapmanville, 95-55 over Scott. 
Trinity, the Warriors, 71-48 winner over the battling Seabees of Clay Battelle. Bluefield, 61. Graham, Virginia, 57. Hedgesville gets a 55-45 win over the Washington Patriots. Also in boys basketball tonight, it was Pocahontas County defeating Tigers Valley 65-61. The Warriors are 9-2 with the win. Bishop Donahue is 8-3 after the Bishops defeat Payton City 74-53. Montcalm makes the long journey to 100 and comes out a winner. The Generals get the win over the Hornets 68-45. The final tonight from 100. Huntington defeats Cabell Midland 71-46. It was James Monroe over Liberty Raleigh 60-30. Jefferson with a one-point lead over Musselman. We're still waiting to get an update on this one. That was at the end of the third quarter. That was the last score we had on that one. Musselman is undefeated. Jefferson at 5-4. and four. That was a one-point Jefferson lead after three quarters. That one, we expect a wild finish in that one as well. Logan defeats Nitro tonight 72-59. Wildcats win the battle of the Wildcats. Martinsburg defeats Spring Mills 66-40. It was Parkersburg defeating Woodrow Wilson 85-71. Big Reds are 6-2 and win a perfect 3-0 this week. Lincoln County defeats Point Pleasant tonight 60-46 the final score in that one. It was Princeton over Greenbrier East 59-54 first loss of the season for the governor-elect Jim Justice and the Spartans. Fayetteville goes to 9-0. The Pirates defeat Richwood 76-66 tonight. It was Ripley over Riverside 60-53 the final in that one. Shady Spring defeats Wyoming East 59-37. The Warriors struggling a little bit right now. They're 4-4 Shady Spring now 4-5. Sissonville with a strong second half. It was tied at halftime but they pull away in the second half to defeat Herbert Hoover 67-55. Indians get the home win. They are 6-2 on the season. The South Charleston Black Eagles defeat St. Albans tonight, 89-43. It was University going to a perfect 10-0, defeating Buchanan Upshur, 75-50. Westside puts 116 on the board tonight in a 116-57 win over Man. 116 in a 32-minute game. Ooh. Winfield defeats Mingo Central, 70-58. The Miners now have lost two in a row after winning their first six. Joe has a check of the girls' scores. And it was the Seabees of Clay Battelle over the Trinity Warriors tonight, 45-36. The Irish of Charleston Catholic defeated Madonna the Blue Dons, 45-33. It was Fayetteville over Midland Trail, 67-37. Morgantown, it was the Lady Mohegans over the Patriots of Wheeling Park, 36-29. It was North Marion. Over Bridgeport tonight, 84-78. Buchanan Upshur defeated Fairmont Senior, 80-75. It was Ritchie County over Calhoun County, 59-17. Wayne Pioneers defeated Chapmanville tonight, 79 or 73-59. Clay County over Webster County, 78-30. It was the Knights of Preston over the East Fairmont Bees, 65-52. Robert C. Bird defeated Elkins 39-31. Gilmer County over Ravenswood 58-47. It was Lewis County over Grafton 57-40. It was the Cougars of Lincoln High over Philip Barber 76-48. And it was the Wyoming East Warriors over the Irish of St. Joe 70-67. And that's a look at your BasketballNight.com scoreboard.
you know, it was a long time before Corridor G was completed that when the Logan running Wildcats would make it to the Charleston Civic Center, they would almost fill the place when they would play their in-state tournament play. They still, they still put a lot of people in there when they make it, but it's not quite the same now. But the gym, notoriously known across the state as the Logan Fieldhouse, very difficult place to play, but more recently named Willie Akers Arena. And that brings us to our next guest, former head coach of the Logan Wildcats, Willie Akers, joins us on the program. And, Coach, first off, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Coach Akers, are you with us? Oh, this is Brandon Gregory, WRSG. Uh-oh, uh-oh. We've got, we've got, we've got some wires crossed there. Brandon, we're going to put you back on hold for just a moment. And, uh, yep, that's exactly what happened. I, see, I, I, I gave the setup. Yes, and let, let, let me go back now. We've got Willie Akers with us, the former head coach of the Wildcats. Now, Coach Akers with us now. Uh, this is Willie Akers and Logan. Yeah, there right, we go. There we go. <laughs> All right, uh, Coach. Uh, we we're just talking about some of the uh, the times of the Logan Wildcats, the running Wildcats in uh, the AAA state tournament. You go back through the seventies and into the eighties as well. But some of those runs of those teams in the late seventies, you were the head coach for. And uh, just tell me some some of your favorite memories, perhaps, from your time as head coach of the Wildcats. Well, the favorite memories, of course, are when you win championships, and we won four of those. And uh, we had four runner-up, which uh, I don't like let anybody know that I blew those games. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyway, it was a great time. Uh, Had a a large school. Uh, We had over 2,000 students at the time, Uh, some of the uh, you know, while we uh, kept losing ground with students, uh, our team stayed right where it was. So we really had some great times. We played uh, all the big schools. Uh, we were, we went all the way to Wheeling, places like that, overnight trips. State tournament was fantastic. Uh, all our games were here in Logan were sold out, and we seat quite a few people. Uh, over 2,500 anyway, and uh, so it was a great, it was a great uh, thing to do, and the community liked it, and we enjoyed it. Coach Joe Linville here, and uh, just a great success in Logan. But just let's talk about some of the venues you've played in. Uh, I know you know even in the Fieldhouse there in Logan, but uh, down at Williamson, uh, I think you played some uh, games over in Mullins and over that way. A lot of rich history from some of the basketball courts throughout Southern West Virginia. True, I'm from Mullins, and uh, I went back to play them when I first got back in coaching. First got in coach in 1961, and we had some fantastic games. Of course, they had the Dan Tonys and the, uh, the uh, Stewart, uh, uh, all kind of players that were fantastic. And uh, then, of course, we went to Williamson, and they have about the same size field house that we have, and you would have to go at 4.35 o'clock to get a seat and stand there and wait and fight your way in and fight your way out. But it was really a good competition, and and we really enjoyed it. 
I can remember some of the. I'm sorry, but some of those days back when I worked at the Logan Banner, uh, you'd get to the you know to the field house about 30 minutes, and you know even working press, we had trouble you know finding a seat on the floor under the basket to where you could get pictures. But a lot of uh, great games there in Logan, and a lot of great success. And how do you think basketball has changed from the time you started coaching until today, especially at the high school level? Well, I think the kids have probably improved fundamentally. Uh, as you might want to say, shooting-wise. But I don't think they've improved fundamentally handling the ball and passing and running plays and stuff like that. It's more of an individual uh, game. Uh, A lot of the coaches are still good coaches, have control of their teams. But it seems that uh, we've lost control of of, uh, just a, a good old solid basketball game with good fundamental coach acres i just want to bring something up here before last year when morgantown scored 65 there were five straight triple a championship games where the winner scored under 60 now looking back in 1977 your ball clubs beat washington irving in the championship game out of clarksburg 111 to 87 what changed and that's without the three-point point yeah. <laughs> that's right <laughs> Was that uh, we had uh, Chuck Landon did a uh, article, and he he always kept uh, eighteen foot, twenty one foot, all that stuff, and uh, we figured it up, and it would have been one hundred thirty five. Uh, the game would have, we were had the game one thirty five, and they would have been one twenty three, and so that would have been a heck of a score to beat any time. But that's kind of the way it was, and uh, and and teams ran more, and uh, and you know of course we had more athletes, so uh, it just was it was a great game to play in, and uh, I enjoyed that as much as anything I've ever done. Coach Willie Akers, the longtime head coach of the Logan Wildcats, and and since your retirement as head coach. You know, you, you, you've seen one of your former players, Mark Hatcher, took over and had a lot of success there as well. And how how nice was it to see someone who you had coached coaching the Wildcats? Well, that's nice. It's very nice, and and uh, he did a good job. Of course, he had got a uh, improved job, and uh, and he, I also uh, Mark, as dad, played for me. Al Allen, it was. Uh, was one of my assistant coaches for a long, and then went on and did great things in K- Kentucky. He won a lot of games in the finals out there quite a bit. Uh, and of course, Vic Herbert is over at South Charleston, and uh, so it, it, it's all over the place. There's guys that have Ross Skaggs at uh, uh, Huntington uh, San Joe won the championship last night. I mean, last year uh, played uh, for us and uh, good. Good young man, and to this day, real close friend today. So it's it's a pleasure. They had some nice young people. Uh, you can remember the doctors, the lawyers, the dentists, the guys. You know, I named them. But there was also school teachers, um, people, business people, and so on. Even and then there was the guys that went out and got jobs in the coal mines and were successful. And you also had uh, these guys come back around. A lot of them stayed in this area. And uh, they played here in the Independent and stayed with 
the basketball team, try to help us do everything, which is fantastic. Coach, uh, Coach Marone here. Uh, everybody, uh, a lot of people are, are familiar with your coaching career, but I don't. I, I know a lot of people are maybe not as familiar with your career uh, as a player at WVU and fifty-eight to sixteen and played professionally. I guess my question, uh, maybe you could, have, what, what brought you back to West Virginia to, to begin your coaching career back in the area you were from, as you had a lot of travels and a lot of experiences prior to that. Well, that's quite, that's quite a story. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> I, uh, I was at West Virginia along with Jerry West, and I'm sure a lot of these people listen don't even remember us. But <laughs> yeah. back in the 50s and 60s. And uh, so there's time to uh, graduate, and Jerry and I were real close. And George Steinbrenner, that on the New York Yankees, I People remember him. He had a team in uh, that was an American Basketball League, and he tried to get these players to come. So he asked, flew Jerry and I and a guy named Bucky Boggart up to Cleveland to uh, t- talk to us about joining his team. Well, the reason that Bucky and I were going along, uh, we later found out and knew, and we realized it, and we understand it that they wanted Jerry. And they thought we could help influence them getting. <laughs> so Jerry goes in and talks to George, and he offers him a fantastic contract, better than what the Lakers offered him. And uh-huh. he came out and he said, he'll sign you, sign, he'll sign you. So <laughs> I go in and he said, can you help? I said, well, I'm going to do my best, but I signed a year of contract with him. And Bucky signed a year of contract with him. And then, of course, Jerry went on to the Lakers with, uh, George was good to us and took us to the Cleveland football game. But uh, that's the way it got started. Then uh, the league folded, and they start, that's the next year they started with the red, white, and blue uh, basketball. And I was traded to the Pittsburgh uh, Wrens, and then I got my contract, and it said, uh, you must make the team. Well, I didn't play a lot in Cleveland. <laughs> I, I was there, and I played a little bit, but not much. And I figured, well, the handwriting's on the wall. If I couldn't have played in Cleveland, I certainly wasn't going to get to play in, in Pittsburgh and have to stay on the team. So I got a call from the people here in Logan uh, asking me to come here. And I fooled with it for a while and decided to do it. But when I got here, the sad the sad thing about it, I had uh, replaced a coach that was 18 and 4. And uh, they had fired him. Golly, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> and that was kind of a tough pill to swallow because I was afraid. But it happened. so it happened I had some great athletes and they won uh, They won the championship. And they were runner up in 63 and won in 64. And that settled everybody in, you know, uh, of coaching and the players. And uh, I did. I was worried because I figured, well, if you don't win a championship, they're going to fire you. But they were always really nice, and it was a great place to be. So that's how I got my start here. And uh, uh, that's kind of a strange way to go around. But that's, and I've lived here ever since. Uh, I uh, am retired. I've owned the Bowling Alley. I've, uh, I'm on the county commission now and uh, enjoy myself. And, and uh, I go to all the ball games. In fact, I just left at Logan High and uh, and the 
game with uh, Nitro. I have a grandson that's uh, playing, and uh, he, uh, Will Akers, and he's, in fact, scored 18 points tonight. I was real happy with that. They also have a freshman named David Early that's a guard, 6'4", and uh, he scored 30 tonight against Nitro. That's kind of, and it was a good ball game. I mean, it wasn't one of those uh, uh, runaways. It was a really good ball game. So that's about my story. <laughs> well, Coach Akers, we could talk with you all night, I think, and hopefully we'll get to do this again, maybe even a little bit later on this year. It's been a pleasure. Sure. Coach. I didn't realize this was on. Well, uh, somebody needs I to get – We had that when I was coaching. <laughs> we used to get trying to find out the scores. The TV stations are the only thing you get it. You get three or four, and that would be it, and you have to wait. Then you get the Charleston paper, and they didn't have a minimum because it was, we got the early edition. So we had to, you know, any way we could find scores, we did. We are on WVOW, so. (laughs) Yeah. So we're happy uh, to listen to you. Well, Coach Akers, we greatly appreciate that. Uh, fantastic coach and somebody who had so much success in Logan. What a story of just how he got back to his alma mater to coach basketball or not his alma mater he was actually from one but to get to logan to coach basketball just absolutely incredible and we appreciate coach acres joining us we've got to step aside for our break this is our third break we'll come back we'll talk with brandon gregory um and bill nestor and we'll do our best to get those in before the top of the hour our third break starts now here on basketball friday night in west virginia back with more in two minutes basketball friday night in west virginia will return in two minutes on the fast break sports network If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important, it's serious, and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall University School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. We want you to become part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Follow us on Twitter, and we'll make sure to mention your name tonight. At Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. New followers tonight. And a shout out to you. Noah Pennington, Hunter Morris, Dylan Richards, Jim Cooper, David Parson, Lindsay, and Butch Power. Thank you so much for following us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup at Hoops underscore Roundup. Go to our webpage, basketballnight.com. You can call, text, tweet, and send us an email with the updates from your game. Join us on the phone tonight. We want to hear from you. 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com.
Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.54 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Limble with you. We'll talk with Bill Nestor and Brian Johnson in just a few moments after our next break. But first, we need to go to Brandon Gregory, WRSG Radio. He had the Tyler Consolidated Magnolia game tonight. And Brandon, first off, thanks so much for holding with us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, no problem. Who who gave me the short straw following following Willie? <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. Yep. I got to say, it's going to be any more interesting than anything close to as interesting as what that guy had to say. You got a George Steinbrenner story to throw in? As to... <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have any. No, I mean, I guess I got a story about how, how I meandered around the high valley. That's about it. <laughs> Well, uh, Tyler Consolidated tonight, a big win over Magnolia in the Tyler Consolidated tournament. And, uh, yes, the Blue Eagles are just 3-6 and six at this point, but for Tyler Consolidated, any win over Magnolia is a very good win. Yeah, it definitely is. It's, uh, you know, it, Magnolia in, in all sports, and it's, it's girls basketball, it's, uh, it's football, boys basketball, they, they have this kind of aura, and, it, and it's, it's one of those things that you've really – it, it, it's hard for the programs around them to overcome. Um, you see, I've seen it, you know, coaching against them in football. Your kids go into that game kind of tight, and it, it it's just it's just how it is. And so you really got to be better than them to beat them. And, and tonight Tyler played well. They did a good job handling the basketball, uh, hit the offensive glass well, missed a lot of layups, but uh, were able to get some stick backs and some fouls and, and get fouled on the offensive glass, and they made some free throws. And, and uh hit some key shots and won by nine points. Uh, Magnolia lost a couple, or excuse me, Tyler lost a couple players a couple weeks ago and uh, kind of shortened their bench a little bit. But, um, you know, they were, they were a little bit deeper than Magnolia, and I think uh, tired legs set in the second half as Magnolia only scored 20 points. And tomorrow, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Tyler consolidated and Cameron in the championship game and Valley Wetzel and Magnolia in the uh, consolation game. That's correct, and then there's uh, the girls' games before that will be uh, Tyler Consolidated. We'll play at 1 o'clock. Um, can't, I'm thinking they're playing Valley Wetzel, and Magnolia will play. Uh, I can't remember who the other – it, it, it wasn't all matches, and I can't remember who the other team is, but Magnolia will play in the championship at 3 o'clock tomorrow. All right, hey, Brandon Gregory, we thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we, we appreciate you hanging on with us there, as that is Brandon Gregory, WRSG Radio in Middleburn with the Round Ball Classic between Tyler Consolidated at Tyler Consolidated um, this weekend. We've got to step aside, and we'll take a break. And when we come back, we'll get another check of your scoreboard, and we'll talk with Bill Nestor, Brian Johnson, and a player who scored a school record, 40 points tonight and a win for her team. That's all in Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates and our newest affiliate in Henson, West Virginia, 
WMTD, the ticket, 102.3. We also want to thank great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including Talk 92.5, WTHM, LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, 94 Rock, WRLF, Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRC, LP, and Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASP, LP, Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPW, LP, and Parkersburg, 101.1 101.1 FM, WVWP, Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.7 FM, WHFI, Linside, 95, The Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan, Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, 90.7 FM, WFGH, Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAP, Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL, in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Hour two of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, alongside Joe Limble. Happy to have you here on the program. We're with you until midnight. We call it the fastest three hours in radio. That's because it is. We're already an hour in, and we've got to just keep rolling right along. We'll talk with Bill Nestor of uh, Robert C. Bird uh, in just a moment. Uh, he's the voice of the, the Eagles on WPDX Radio. We'll also talk with Brian Johnson, voice of the Ripley Vikings on WCEF, and... We'll talk to a girl who scored a school record 40 points in a game tonight. All that in a moment, but first it's time for a scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. On the boys' side of the scoreboard, it was a night of Tyler Consolidated defeating Magnolia tonight, 61-52. In a close one, it was Pocahontas County over Tigers Valley, 65-61. Bishop Donahue defeated Payton City, 74-53. It was the Yellow Jackets of Moorfield over East Hardy, 70-49. It was Toronto of Ohio defeating Oak Glen tonight, 73-59. It was the Cameron Dragons defeating the Valley Wetzel Lumberjacks, 48-28. It was Valley Fayette over Buffalo, 67-35. Clay County defeated Calhoun County, 49-47. 
It was GW falling to Capital tonight in a close one, 73-72. The Chapmanville Tigers defeated their arch rival, the Scott Skyhawks, 95-55 in a game in Madison. Trinity defeated Clay Battelle, 71-48. Bluefield put another win in their uh, another mark in their win column, 61-57 over their rival, Graham, Virginia. And it was the Hedgesville Eagles over the Washington Patriots, 55-45. And now let's take a look at the rest of the boys' scores. Here's Rick. Uh, let's take a look first. Uh, up north, the 100 Hornets fall to Montcalm, 68-45. Huntington gets a 71-46 win over Cabell Midland. James Monroe, 60. Liberty Raleigh, 30. Musselman, 46. The Cougars of Jefferson, 37. The Logan Wildcats, 72-59 winners over Nitro. The Red Riders of Weir fall short against Madonna. The Blue Dons, 59, Weir, 38. Martinsburg Bulldogs, 66, Spring Mills, 40. Meadow Bridge gets a 55-51 win over Greenbrier West. Woodrow Wilson, the Flying Eagles, fall tonight to Parkersburg. The Big Reds, 85, Woodrow Wilson, 71. Lincoln County, the Panthers, 60-46 to winners over Point Pleasant. 59-54, the final, Princeton over Greenbrier East. Fayetteville, 76, Richwood, 66. Also on the boys' side, Ripley, 60, Riverside, 53. Wyoming East falls to Shady Springs, 59-37, winner for the Tigers. Sissonville, 67-55 over Hoover. The Black Eagles of South Charleston, 89-43 over St. Albans. Buchanan Upshur falls tonight, 75-50. The University Hawks with the win. And Westside cracks the century mark, 116, man, 57. And our final boys score, Winfield, 70, Mingo Central, 58. Ryan, you have a look at the girls' scores. In overtime in New Richmond, it was Wyoming East defeating St. Joe's, 70-67. The Warriors with a big victory there. Lincoln defeats Phillip Barber, 76-48. It was Lewis County, a 57-40 winner over Grafton. The Gilmer County Titans defeat Ravenswood tonight. The Red Devilettes fall on the road, 58-47. I look forward to get to see Ravenswood in a couple of weeks. Uh, RCB beats Elkins tonight, 39-31. It was Preston over East Fairmont, 65-52. Clay County defeats Webster County, 78-30. Wayne, a 73-59 victory over the Chapmanville Regional Tigers. We'll talk much more about that game in a moment. Ritchie County defeats Calhoun County, 59-17. It was Buchanan Upshur over Fairmont Senior, 80-75 to the final in that one. North Marion defeats Bridgeport tonight, 84-78. It was Kaiser, 54, Moorfield, 37. Morgantown defeats Wheeling Park, 36-29. Fayetteville, a 67-37 win over Midland Trail. It was Charleston Catholic over Madonna, 45-33. And Clay Battelle getting a 45-36 victory over Trinity. That is a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. We'll go right back to the phone lines now, and it will be Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. He is the voice of the Robert C. Bird Eagles. He joins us now on the program. And, Bill, this young RCB team continuing to uh, navigate its way through the season and uh, for the Flying Eagles, uh, you know, this is a season of, we've talked about it before, a season where there are going to be some ebbs and some flows. You're exactly right, Ryan. Some ups and downs, and that's the way it's been since the uh, the opener and uh, all the way till now. But, you know, RCB, since we talked last in the midst of a three-game win streak, 
uh, winning last uh, last weekend, last Saturday, across town rival Bridgeport, and then a big one over Lewis County, and then on the road last night uh, with Elkins. So uh, riding high here uh, in the last few outcomes. So it's, it's gone pretty well here since we last talked. And you get to see this ball club up close night in, night out. Is the improvement tangible? I mean, is it something that you can see this team, you know, developing as the season goes along? Yeah, Ryan, you can. And I think there's been a couple subtle changes in the lineup that have really benefited this squad. You know, Coach Bennett made a move in the starting lineup and, and put a senior, Sean Barnes, in the lineup, replacing Corey Miles, who's a very gifted, talented freshman player. And Miles has responded coming off the bench uh, and putting up some big numbers. And Barnes in the uh, in that leadership role as a senior has flourished as well. So that change just with some personnel has been a key thing. And then Coach Bennett went to a one-two-one-one uh, full court press. And this past uh, Tuesday, uh, RCD hosted the Minutemen of Lewis County, and after one period of play, the score was eight to four in favor of the visitors. So it's kind of a stagnant opening start to the game. And then Coach goes to the one-two-one-one. Generates a lot of points in transition. Matter of fact, they score two thirds of their points in that contest in the paint, and that comes primarily from transition layups. So since then, I think he's found a niche and he's utilized that. And of course, to be able to press full court, you're going to have to put a lot of effort in. You have to have a lot of guys involved. And RCB has a pretty big bench anyway, so it's kind of fed into what they're doing now, getting more players involved, wearing down the opponents for later in the ball game. So it's been something that they've looked at. It's been successful, and, and hopefully they continue to play that up-tempo style of play and, and be successful with it. Another busy week coming up, a game at home with Fairmont Senior tomorrow night, a uh, game on, coming up on Tuesday at home with North Marion, and then next Thursday at Buchanan Upshur. So three more games this week, and uh, that will kind of test the legs a little bit. You can say that again. Ryan. It's an opportunity to get a lot of games in right now, and I, I know Coach is excited about. It. Of course, uh, you know, tomorrow hosting uh, Fairmont Senior. You know this uh, three-game win streak is exciting and a great opportunity. But a true measuring stick of where your team's at will be had tomorrow at RCB as the uh, the Polar Bears, just a top-notch uh, squad. And we'll get to see where RCB's really at uh, come tomorrow evening. Bill Nesser, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg, voice of the Robert C. Bird Eagles. Thanks so much for joining us, and thanks for hanging in there with us tonight. Guys, thank you so much for having me on. Have a great remainder of the program and a great uh, weekend as well. Appreciate that. And moving right back to the phone lines, we go to Brian Johnson, WCEF Radio in Ripley. He had the Vikings win over Riverside tonight. And, uh, Brian, first chance we got to talk to you about Ripley this year. A lot of changes from a year ago. Some foreseen, some not foreseen. But uh, ball club that uh, is quite a bit different than it would have appeared to have been at this time last year. Yeah, that might be the understatement of the uh, evening, uh, Rob, for sure. Uh, definitely a different basketball team, and they've spent the first ten games of the season really trying to find themselves and and try to figure out what style of play works best for them. And, uh, you know, really, it's been Jamison Hunt uh, who's led the way for us. He's averaging nearly 25 points per game. Eli Casto, another uh, senior perimeter player. And uh, Nathan Hall in the uh, down in the five spot for the Vikings. Those are three seniors uh, that have really had to assume different roles maybe than they expected with the departure of uh, Chase Johnson and, of course, 
Evan Faulkner leaving and going to the college ranks. So it's uh, it's been a year of transition, but I think the Vikings are pleased at this point to be 5-5 five and five in the season. And looking forward, they'll have a game at home against George Washington. Uh, lost by 20 at GW um, two nights ago. And anybody who's been to George Washington can tell you that's a unique environment to play in. And uh, sometimes good teams can go in there and get, get waxed on certain nights as well. Uh, getting them back at home, though, and Ripley, by the way, one of the more fascinating places I've ever called a game from. I had to climb the wall um, to call the game from above the basket. If you've been in broadcasting, you know what I'm talking about there. But uh, <laughs> uh, definitely, that was, that was an interesting moment, especially getting uh, Spring Valley coach Steve Morrison to go up the stairs to do a postgame interview with me. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Ripley, though, with a chance to get George Washington home. We've fixed it now that you don't have to do that. So the next time you come back, you will be pleased. You will have a courtside seat. So uh, that that was one of the things that I was begging for uh, people. If you don't understand the, what that entails when you're trying to do a broadcast, I think we finally got that straightened out. So uh, glad for that. Uh, a lot of fun. But, and now to get that George Washington team, though, back in, in Ripley, it's kind of a chance to see how far you've come in just a, a short period of time. It is. It's a strange turnaround to play them so quickly. Uh, but that was a team, really, that just overwhelmed us with speed and athleticism. They turned the heat up uh, on the pressure full court, and the Vikings really uh, 24 turnovers. You're not going to beat very many good teams, and you're certainly not going to beat a Rick Green team when you turn a basketball over 24 times and uh, miss, uh, I believe, missed 13 free throws in that game as well. So, you know, some things that we can clean up and, and uh, hopefully uh, come out on the winning side of the ledger this time uh, with the Patriots in town, but we know they're going to be extra motivated after the tough uh, one-point loss they had tonight. So it certainly will not be an easy task for the Vikings, but uh, when you play in this conference, you have to embrace the challenge and enjoy the opportunity that you get on a nightly basis to uh, play one of the better teams in the state. Brian Johnson, WCEF Radio and Ripley. Good catching up with you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Thanks, you, you too, too, as well. And going right along on our phone lines tonight, uh, before we get to our next caller, Joe, when you hear the name Adkins and Wayne, what do you think of? Hmm. Many athletes. <laughs> exactly. Right. Any, any community, that's usually a popular name in the athletic world. You know. And, and, Rick, I know being a Wayne County, and you're, you're aware, there's, there seems to be an Atkins on just about every Wayne team, right? Yeah, if you don't know who somebody is, just throw that name out, and it may stick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, tonight it was Ariel Atkins setting a school record with 40 points in Wayne's victory over Chapmanville Regional. She joins us now on the program, and – Ariel, first off, congratulations on setting the school record tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, no problem. And let's talk about this game tonight. Chapmanville's a, a good basketball team, and, and your, your team got out to a pretty good start, uh, hit a couple of threes early in that game, and really controlled the, the pace and, and dictated the tempo of that game. Uh, how important is it for your ball club to be the ones who control the pace of the game? Because you're still working on developing depth with your bench. Yeah, it's really good. Our team, we've we've gotten a lot, like, we've gotten better as the season, progressive. Our bench is progressing each and every day at practice. And we're just, 
we've had players step up when Tom when it's needed, and we're just, we're getting better each and every day. I think your ball club is now seven and four on the season, and has won four straight or three straight games now. And uh, any special feeling going into tonight? I know you had a lot of family there. Uh, uh, you've always got family at all those games. It, was, it seemed like a few more than normal tonight. Uh, anything special going into that game tonight? Yeah, I know we had a big crowd. I did have a lot of my family there, and it's just really good to have them there to support me, and I like to make them proud. And, yeah, it just, it just feels good to make them happy. Because I've had a – they support me. they supported me my whole life, and they've helped me become the player I am now. And it just feels good to make them proud. And also getting to play with your younger sister, Lake and Atkins, a year younger than you. She's a sophomore. You are a junior. And uh, I know that's that's got to be a, a lot of fun as well because I know sometimes sibling rivalries can, can take place there. But uh, a, a healthy, co- competitive uh, player in your own household uh, can also uh, kind of help drive you a little bit on game nights. Yeah, we push each other a whole lot. There's definitely some rivalry. Uh, but... It's just a great feeling to be able to play with my younger sister. It's a great experience to be there and share these moments with her. We just we help push each other and just yeah, just be, become the best players we can be. We're always there for each other. Wayne's girls will head to the East Fairmont Classic to take on Bridgeport next week. Also a home game with Ravenswood. And Ariel, you're seeing some teams that – uh, you maybe not have crossed paths with before. What's it like playing, you know, a different type of schedule than the one that you maybe were accustomed to your first two years of high school? I think it's a great opportunity for myself and my team, and it helps us get get better every day. And it's going to help us get better when it comes time to sectionals and regionals. And just the hard, the harder teams we play, it's just helping us. It learn helps us learn more, and it's. Uh, it just helps us. Ariel, did you did you know you had forty points tonight before the uh, no, game's I over? Was, no, I was all. I was just focused on the game. I wasn't even paying attention, really. And when you announced that I had that, I was really surprised. But I was really proud of myself because I've worked really hard. I know your your family is very proud of you as well. And Ariel, congratulations on the win and the new school record, 40 points in a single game at Wayne High School. And also, you were the first basketball player to ever be a first-team All-Stater, boys or girls, from Wayne. That's also a big-time accomplishment, something you accomplished last year. And I know you're trying to get that team to the state tournament this year, but it would be the first time a boys or girls team from Wayne ever made it. So I wish you the best of luck along the way and look forward to seeing you again next week. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You guys have a good weekend. Thanks so much. That's Ariel Atkins of Wayne High School. The Lady Pioneers get the win tonight over Chapmanville Regional, 73-59 the final on that one. Coming up after the break, we'll talk with Matt Miller, WRNR Radio in Martinsburg. Bulldogs had a big game in the Eastern Panhandle tonight. Also, we'll talk with Rich Stevens, assistant coach at Valley High School uh, in Fayette County. We'll talk about the Valley-Fayette-Buffalo game from tonight. That's all in Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. What about those picks? Get your pictures featured on our video stream. If you happen to be watching now on YouTube or via RSN Sports Facebook page, we're featuring your pictures from games around the Mountain State. You can send your pictures to us at RSN Sports on RSN Sports Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Look for RSN Sports. That's where you can send us picks to feature every week. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, then we'll share the voting results with you. Last week, 63% of you voted yes. You like the Basketball Friday Night Power Rankings. This week's question, do you think the NFHS rules regarding uniforms and accessories are too strict? Tell us what you think by 11.45 tonight, yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. We'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Call us tonight, 855-784-6677. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 10-20 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Limbaugh with you. We'll get back to the phone lines in just a moment, but Coach Marone, there's a way for people to interact with us even more now. Tell you what, we are accessible and we're out there. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Uh, like Santa we, Claus. <laughs> we hope that those of you that are uh, watching uh, the video feed from uh, one of many platforms uh, enjoy the collage and the, the pictures that are uh, rotating through. And you can be a part of the program. You can submit pictures via the Twitter. And uh, you can uh, you know tag those and uh, get those to us, Ryan, and uh, in an indirect way become part of the part of the program. Just mention us at hoops underscore roundup and send away. And uh, <laughs> we've got we've had quite a few of them already uh, in, in our program. And uh, Joe, always good to see some uh, to see some faces. I know again this is a radio show first and foremost, but if you're watching on the web. Uh, we want to give you something interesting to look at, right? And some of the pictures, uh, you know, we sit here watching them are pretty interesting <laughs> as well. So it's definitely worth taking a look. They're a lot more interesting looking than the three of us. Are. Exactly. Let's put it that way. And you this know, this is Johnny Cash night, by the way. <laughs> Everybody's in men in black. That's right. And uh, tonight, Martinsburg's Bulldogs getting a, a an important game in the Eastern Panhandle. A win over Spring Mill, sixty six to forty. Was the final on that one? Matt Miller, WRNR Radio, joins us on the program. And uh, Matt, the Bulldogs, a big victory tonight. And uh, again, uh, that's coming off the heels of a large victory over Jefferson earlier this week, a 30 point win over the Cougars. 
Yeah, the dogs have uh, been able to put it together pretty well these last couple of games, and it, it hasn't been just one or two guys putting points on the board. It's been everybody. In fact, the other night they set a season high with 47 points off the bench, and tonight added 41 more points off the bench. So, you know, it doesn't matter who's in the starting lineup right now for the Bulldogs. Uh, Coach Rogers, uh, you know, finding five guys that kind of fit well together in the flow of any given game, and, and those guys are going out there and getting it done. Uh, 13 players on the roster, all 13 played, and 12 of the 13 scored tonight. The Bulldogs now 8-1 and one on the season, and Musselman stayed unbeaten tonight but struggled with Jefferson, and I think that might be the first maybe sign of a, a crack in the armor of the Appleman to this point, and uh, with Musselman's or excuse me, with Martinsburg's only loss being out of state, it's starting to look like uh, Martinsburg Musselman. That that showdown that's looming continues to uh, take on some intrigue looking ahead. But of course, Bulldogs don't want to look too far ahead with a game with Sharando, Virginia in between. Yeah, they've got Sharando next Tuesday, a team that they beat to open the season, a team that has already played 14 games. They get started a little earlier in Virginia, and so, you know, Martinsburg will have to get through that one Tuesday. But uh, next weekend's going to be huge for the Bulldogs because they not only get Musselman on Friday at home, but Morgantown comes to town on Saturday. So it's back-to-back nights for the Bulldogs against two very good opponents. Looking forward to that, and... Uh, as always, Matt, we appreciate you hanging in there with us tonight, and uh, definitely uh, uh, glad to be on WRNR. Yeah, glad to have you, and we'll uh, look forward to talking again next week. All right, that's Matt Miller, WRNR Radio in Martinsburg. I didn't get a chance to talk with him because, again, we're, we're kind of backed up. We're trying to catch everything up here, but uh, big award for Dave Walker and for Ronnie Uten in right. the past uh, week announced by the National Federation of High School Coaches. They were National Coaches of the Year. Ronnie Uten from Chapmanville Regional for softball and Dave Walker of the Martinsburg Bulldogs for football. Big awards there. I mean, uh, again, National Coaches of the Year. That's saying something when you have local coaches. I consider Martinsburg local in our family. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it it makes you feel good when you see these coaches getting these type of accolades. And and, uh, Ronnie Uton, somebody I've been around a long time with softball there at Chapmanville. And he, I'll tell you what, he's a joy to just watch coach, especially if you're not involved directly. You just kind of sit back and just watch him go. (laughs) He has a a good time, too. And if he didn't enjoy it, he would have quit by now. Oh, yeah, a long time ago. He has a blast. But uh, going back to the final, we'll get to T.G. Griffith in just a moment. We have got a chance to talk to him much this uh, this year looking forward to that but rich stevens assistant coach valley high school valley buffalo tonight was uh that ball game and uh rich first off welcome back to basketball friday night in west virginia hey how's it going guys it's good to have you of course joined us last year kind of a cameo appearance <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> remote but yeah definitely uh, nice to have you back on the program in Valley tonight, a big win over Buffalo. Yeah, it was, uh, it was nice because, you know, getting a big road win and, you know, we had struggled early in the year and, uh, we're starting to come around. Of course, we played some really good teams early in the season. We lost the first three, uh, Webster County at Fayetteville, uh, lost a close one to Bishop Donahue. But, um, I'll tell you what, the kids are coming around. You know, we have good senior leadership. We have, um, Good chemistry. All the kids get along. It was just you know, making sure everybody understand their roles, making sure that um, they don't, play, uh, you know, try to do too much and play within themselves. Uh, and it's really starting to come around. 
Nice little win streak building for the Greyhounds right now, four in a row, and a trip to Greenbrier West and go to Charmco coming up uh, Tuesday night. And uh, then uh, Wednesday, a home game with Richwood. So is that correct? Yes, yes. Uh, Well, um, the big thing is just to build on what we're achieving right now. Um, Of course, this is four in a row now. You know, we beat... Um, Sherman, Greenbrier West, and then Meadowbridge, and then tonight going to Buffalo for a road win. Of course, I wasn't there last year, but Valley, you know, had four wins last year, and we've already passed, you know, that um, that uh, milestone, I guess you could say, <laughs> you could call it. And uh, we're uh, they're coming around, you know. We uh, Spencer Dean, uh, a junior, he's uh, probably our leader on the floor. He had 22 points tonight, and he's been big and. You know, we had 55 rebounds, 20 of them were on the offensive end, seven block shots uh, on the road with a, uh, a hostile crowd. Obviously, anytime you go on the road in West Virginia, particularly uh, in Class A, it, uh, you know, you're going to get some uh, hostile environments, and you know, our kids really responded. Green Bar, or excuse me, Valley Fayette at Greenbrier West coming up next week. The Greyhounds, though, tonight with a 67-35 road victory over Buffalo. Rich Stevens, congratulations on that win. Thanks for hanging with us tonight, and I uh, look forward to making this a little bit more of a regular occurrence. All right. Hey, you, me too. <laughs> tonight was fun. Tonight was fun. Me, Coach McCoy, and Coach uh, Mitchell, um, I think we enjoyed this one more than any of them so far this year. Well, that's it. That's fantastic, and that's a, a ball club that's building and a ball club that, uh, again, a, a nice win for Valley Fayette tonight at Buffalo. And we'll go right back to the phones. T.G. Griffith is a longtime friend of the program, going back to our basically our debut show. I think he may have been on it, uh, which was uh, four years ago now. But uh, T.G. Griffith, WYAP Radio in Clay County. T.G., good to have you back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Well, thank you, boys and girls. I just I just wanted to check in with you, let you know we're still here. Uh, you know, we were actually worried about you. Well, we're still lacing them up every once in a while and uh, playing the best we can. I just got back from Webster County. The girls uh, went up there and played, and we did that game, and they won that one fairly handily. And I don't know if you've heard. Did you hear the, the Calhoun County, Clay County boys score yet? I, I text uh, Coach Gibson, but he, I haven't heard back from him yet. Well, let, let me look through our ever-growing list of uh, games. Well, we were hoping Friday the 13th would be it, good luck. It was a 49-47 Clay County victory tonight. Ah, they got their first win. That's, that's great. That's great. Yeah, they've been uh, been struggling a little bit, but uh, uh, they played some good ball. They just could, couldn't put four quarters together, so I guess – uh, and, and they're a fairly young team, too. So, uh, well, that's good news. Glad to hear that. Uh, you know, big transition here with uh, Lady uh, Panthers in Clay County with uh, Mary uh, Ramsey stepping down and Christy Fitzwater taking over. Did hey, you know TG, that? Coach Marone here. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, Coach Ramsey, a, a, a good friend of mine and uh, sure. one of the last guard. Uh, I know last year the Charleston Gazette did a story on those of us that had coached girls in the fall. And it was me and Mary and three of our closest friends. And now with Mary stepping out and Wayne Ryan stepping down, there's only three of us standing. But I was going to ask you about that, the transition, because Mary had been the leader of that program for so long. Uh, how have the players and the community and, and just everyone, how's that worked with the transition coming during the season? 
the girls are having a little bit of problem with it, but but we have had some injuries too. So uh, Christy's working with them. Mary's only the second coach Clay County uh, had ever had girls coach. Uh, in fact, she was assistant coach when Hazel Shear was the head coach there. And so, like you mentioned, it's been thirty some years. Um, the uh, the community's okay with it. We're uh, we're uh, now Mary's going to remain as athletic director, um, but uh, she gave up softball there. I'm, uh, she was doing like four things every year, and right. uh, she's she's cutting back a little bit. Her uh, uh, you can tell she's walking a little lighter now than she used to. <laughs> <and> she's, <laughs> she's she's not as intense as she used to be, uh, but she's in, she still enjoyed it, and she's still with Christy and helping her out and. Uh, like I said, the girls are, are coming along a little bit. They, you know, just a new system they have to learn here in the middle of things. But uh, but we're uh, we're expecting good things from. And I think Christy played for Mary probably in the late '80s, early '90s, something like that. So yeah, and this real tonight, real. So. Yeah, real quickly, TG, I think uh, Coach Ramsey, as you mentioned, uh, not just the longevity but the quality of program that she had. I mean, they have been a regular participant in state tournament level. She's like a lot of those schools uh, that are located in rural areas that end up – I mean, you have to build it from the ground up. She did a tremendous job over a long period of time, and I hope people really appreciate the time she put in but also the quality of time and the quality of program she ran. Right, and our and our middle school has been a great feeder for that program too. Their their records have been phenomenal as far as the middle school and the junior high goes. Um, so, uh, and we still got talent coming up. So, so we're we're excited about. But uh, yeah, this is the first time I've been on with you guys this year I, with the holidays and, and of course cancellations there and and everything. But just wanted to touch base with you and and uh, I'll be I'll be checking back with you from time to time. Sounds good, TG. Always one of our favorite callers. That's TG Griffith, WYAP Radio in Clay County. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll get you a star scoreboard update and introduce you to our standout athlete of the week. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that called, sent texts, tweets, emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball throughout West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight and share your team's game. 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. You can text the show. 304-429-4924. Text the show at 304-249-4924. Go to our website. Check out the scoreboard. Find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. 
A shout-out to some of the people following us tonight. New followers include Christopher Johnson, Jets, Mike Hulano, Aaron Heasley, Gary Arrowwood, Tanner Sears, Janice, Karen Laddie, Brett Vance, and Nick Carroll. Thanks for following us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Follow us on Twitter. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 10.34 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Limbaugh with you. We know you're here for score updates. We'll get to those. Also, we'll hear from Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg. We'll talk about the, the game he had with Greenbrier West and Meadow Bridge tonight. And uh, we're also still... Our call queue just keeps growing. We'll have our standout athlete of the week as well. We'll, we'll go through all of that in a moment. But first, another check of your BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. It's BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Girl scores tonight on BasketballNight.com. Clay Battelle, 45, Trinity, 36. The Charleston Catholic Irish, 45-33 winners over Madonna. Fayetteville, the Lady Pirates get a 67-37 win over Midland Trail. The Morgantown Mohegans, low scoring but a win for the Lady Mohegans, 36-29 over Wheeling Park. Moorefield falls to the Golden Tornado of Kaiser. Kaiser 54, Moorefield 37. North Marion 84, Bridgeport 78. A shootout goes in favor of the Huskies. The Buccaneers of Buchanan Upshur get an 80-75 win over Fairmont Senior. Calhoun County falls to Ritchie County. The Ritchie Lady Rebels 59, Calhoun 17. The Lady Pioneers behind Ariel Atkins 40 points tonight. 73-59 winners over Chapmanville. 78-30 Clay County over Webster County. Preston gets a big win over East Fairmont. 65-52 the Lady Knights with the win. Elkins, the Lady Tigers fall to RCB. 39-31, RCB gets the win. The Gilmer County Lady Titans, defending Class A champions, 58-47 winner over the Lady Red Devils of Ravenswood. Lewis County, 57. Grafton, 40. Lincoln with a 76-48 winner over Phillip Barber. And Wyoming East gets a 70-67 overtime win over St. Joe. And our Joe has a look at the boys' scores. And the Tyler, Tyler Consolidated uh, Tournament tonight, it was the Tyler Consolidated Knights over the Magnolia Blue Eagles, 61-52. Pocahontas County goes to 9-2 on the season with a win over Tigers Valley, 65-61. It was the Bishops of Bishop Donahue defeating Peyton City tonight, 74-53. Moorefield defeated East Hardy, 70-49. It was Toronto of Ohio over the Golden Bears of Oak Glen, 73-59. Cameron over Valley Wetzel, 48-28. Valley Fayette over the Buffalo Bisons tonight, 67-35. It was Clay County, a winner, over Calhoun County, 49-47. 
It was the Capital Cougars with a big win over Crosstown George Washington Knights, 73-72. It was the Tigers of Chapmanville defeating the Scott Skyhawks tonight, 95-55. Trinity, the Warriors over Clay Patel CB, 71-48. It was Bluefield chalking up another win. They go to 8-1 on the season with a win over Crosstown Grand Virginia. That score was 61-57. And it was Hedgesville defeating Washington uh, 55-45. And here's Ryan with the rest of the boys' scores. The Montcalm Generals make the four-hour trip out of Mercer County up to I-79 and Route 19 into 100 tonight and beat the Hornets. Montcalm gets the win, 68-45 the final in that one. Huntington defeats Cabell Midland, 71-46. It was James Monroe over Liberty Raleigh, 60-30. Musselman, a strong fourth quarter. The Appleman stay undefeated with a 46-37 win over Jefferson Musselman, now 8-0. It was Logan defeating Nitro, 72-59. Madonna beats Weir in the Crosstown rivalry game, 59-38 the final in that one. Martinsburg defeats Spring Mills, 66-40. It was Meadow Bridge over Greenbrier West, 55-51. We'll have more on that game in just a couple of moments. Parkersburg goes to 6-2 as the Big Reds beat Woodrow Wilson, 85-71. Big victory for the Big Reds. A perfect 3-0 week for them. Lincoln County defeats Point Pleasant. It was 60-46, to 46, the final score. Panthers get the road win. Princeton holds serve at home. The Tigers defeat Greenbrier East 59-54, first loss of the season for the Spartans. Fayetteville is undefeated at 9-0 with a road victory over Richwood tonight, 76-66. Ripley goes to Riverside and beats the Warriors 60-53, the final in that one. Shady Spring, a home winner over Wyoming East, 59-37. Sissonville beats Herbert Hoover tonight. 67-55 the score in that one. South Charleston, an 89-43 victory over St. Albans. It was University going to 10-0 with a 75-50 win over Buchanan Upshur. Westside, 116, man 57, the final tonight from Clear Fork. Also tonight, Parkersburg Catholic defeats Williamstown, 54-48. Crusaders go on the road. They're now 8-2 with the win. And Winfield defeats Mingo Central tonight by a final score of 70-58. to That's a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard. This week's standout athlete of the week is Seth Meadows. He is from Pikeview High School. Dylan Stone, our special correspondent, joins us now. And Dylan, Seth is uh, another one of those kids, and, and this is something that we talk about all the time, a well-rounded young man. Uh, yeah, he really is. It's not just on the court for Seth. He's... Uh... He's well versed in uh, in academics as well, and uh, in fact, I was talking to his father earlier today, and uh, he told me that as far as he knows, which uh, that he should know, he's his father, but he's never brought a B home on a report card. So straight A's from kindergarten up through uh, where he's currently a senior now. So uh, certainly, uh, great work in the classroom for Seth. Well, Seth, Seth is a catcher on the baseball team, so you know he's tough. But he obviously takes a lot of charges, too. That's something they're proud of down there at Pikeview. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, it's something that uh, his coach kind of thinks the uh, the toughness and the physicality that you need to, to play the catcher position uh, it just kind of blends really well into his specific game, Seth's game, uh, on the basketball court. He's uh, They actually they, they track charges down there. And in his career, he's been uh, credited with 118 charges, and his dad was telling me that it's probably closer to about 180. But uh, you know, sometimes the uh, the whistle doesn't go your way. So, 
and, and he wants to stay in athletics even after he's done on the court. Yeah, that's something uh, again that from his dad that uh, Seth he, he's uh, he realizes that little league baseball and uh, youth youth uh, basketball has been a big part of his life, and uh, he wants to be able to uh, to give back after uh, you know once he. Uh, graduates from college and has has a job he wants to uh, at some point uh, become a coach so that he can give back in the way that that he was given so much uh, through those sports so um, yeah he's he's uh, certainly uh, looking to try to further uh, further other kids uh, lives in that way and Dylan now has more on our standout athlete of the week Seth Meadows Seth Meadows is a six-foot-three shooting guard for the Pikeview Panthers, who uses his talents for learning to not only succeed in the classroom, but also on the basketball court. He is a hard-nosed competitor who provides a first-rate example for teammates in all phases of life. For these reasons, Seth is this week's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia Standout Athlete of the Week. His head coach, Colton Thompson, says Seth is invaluable on the court because he has such a good understanding of the game and game plan and functions as a coach on the floor. Seth is one of those players that you hope to have that is an extension of the coach on the floor that can be a floor general, can make adjustments as soon as they need to be made, sees the floor well, understands the game, and has all the skill sets to go along with it to adapt to those things. Seth's father, Tucker Meadows, also serves as Pikeview's assistant coach and echoes Coach Thompson's thoughts on Seth's value as a de facto member of the coaching staff. Seth on the court is honestly just like having another coach on the floor. He knows what defenses the other teams are in, what sets we need to run, and the leader on the court shows real good horsemanship on the floor and just really plays hard for us out on the court. Coach Thompson says the senior is relied upon for guidance and has no problem showing the younger players both how to play and how to practice. He's definitely one of the leaders, brings that senior leadership, but he's always one of those that takes practice seriously, takes basketball seriously and brings that to the other kids and helps lead by example and set a good example not just for his teammates but for the younger kids in the program and kids who are going to be coming into the program. His father remarks about the dedication Seth shows toward improving and how that extends even beyond normal practice hours. Well, he always likes having a late practice and also on Saturdays. He's one that gets a shoot machine back out after practice and it's nothing for him to shoot up 200 to 300, 400 shots. I saw him shoot as many as 500, so he's here normally an extra 30 to 45 minutes after every practice. He's always here shooting, working on his game. Seth has also accomplished on the baseball diamond as he was the starting catcher on this past year's state runner-up Panther squad. Coach Thompson says he sees a carryover from the tough nature of baseball to the basketball court for Seth. I think one of the really neat carryovers you see in it is where he's a catcher in baseball. And you think of all the physicality of knocking pitches down and protecting the plate. And on the basketball court, he's really physical and applies a lot of those same concepts. And he loves to take charges, be physical, box out, crap on a loose ball. You really see a carryover on both sports. As his father says, that toughness and work ethic that Seth displays was put in place at an early age. We tried to instill that from day one because... Not only in sports, but eventually you're going to get out in life and you got to go to work and it throws a lot of challenges at you. you just got to be tougher than your opponent. And the main thing in the how to get there is got to outwork your opponent. And the boys have always brought into that about trying to outwork their opponent. It's like we always said, there's always somebody in the gym shooting, so that needs to be you. Seth is also very successful in the classroom as he sports a 4.1 grade point average and is also a member of the National Honor Society. Coach Thompson says it is because of Seth's mental acuity that he can function so well not only in the classroom but on the court as well 
And his father says schoolwork is something in which Seth takes a lot of pride. He's definitely a really bright kid, and he catches on to things really quick. And he's grown up around basketball. He's not just a really smart classroom kid. He's a really smart basketball player, and I think there's definitely a relation there. He takes pride in his classwork, his schoolwork. You know, he wants to be a leader on and off the court. He wants to be well-liked and known that he works hard on and off the court in all things he does. Seth Meadows is a prime example of hard work paying off, but he has no plans of stopping anytime soon. He has already qualified for the Promise Scholarship, and once his senior year is complete, will continue his schooling most likely in either engineering or education. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Dylan Stone. Thank you very much, Dylan. We'll talk with our standout athlete of the week, Seth Meadows, in our next segment. Uh, coming up also after the break, we'll talk with Mike Goddard, WRLB Radio in Lewisburg. We'll also talk with Mark Witt about the Hatfield-McCoy shootout. It's a little bit different format. Schedule's changed just a little bit. Should be a lot of good basketball in the Williamson Fieldhouse next weekend. We'll talk all that when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Doug Workman, Point Pleasant, Big Blacks, Lauren Antelock, East Fairmont Bees, Chandler Stacy, Spring Valley, Timberwolves, Emily Sarbor, Trinity Christian Warriors. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Do you have an athlete who made an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Standout Athlete of the Week, selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter. We'll make sure to mention your name tonight at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team's score. Give us your comments on the game. At Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Big shout out to some folks following us tonight. New followers include Gary Arrowwood, Tanner Sears, Janice Carroll, Nick Carroll, Colby Martin, Alex, Bo Berry, The Court Jesters, Bella, Anthony, Jeffrey Gage, and Joshua Watson. teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with coach rick marone and ryan epling 10 49 on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling rick marone joe linville here with you let's go right back to our standout athlete of the week the senior from pikeview high school he took the panthers to the state baseball championship game a year ago as also stand out on the basketball court as well. 
a 4.1 GPA and has already qualified for the Promise Scholarship and is a member of National Art Society. So again, a well-rounded kid. His name is Seth Meadows, again, a senior at Pikeview High School. He joins us now on the program. And Seth, first off, congratulations on being this week's Basketball Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Uh, hey guys, uh, thank you all for having me. It's, it's really an honor to get this uh, accomplishment, and I'm very blessed. Uh, I've got to tell you, Seth, before we get going here, um, I, I got to see you play in the state baseball tournament a year ago. You knocked out my alma mater in the uh, in the semifinal game, but uh, I, I have to say, I was very impressed with the overall baseball IQ of that Pikeview ball club. And extending beyond that, obviously, you get it done in the classroom as well. And just how are you able to take the, the things you learn, like in the classroom, and, and turn that into also able to absorb everything you need to on the field to be successful and on the court of, in basketball as well? Well, I'm, I'm one of those kids that pick up things quickly, and I try to I try to execute like in the classroom, make good grades, and I try to bring that over to the baseball field or the basketball court in the same mindset as I want to do whatever that is best for the team to get the job done. This is Joe Linville. And when you're on the court, you know, do you try to be a more of a team player or, uh, you know, are you one of those guys that if, if the lane is open, you go for the basket? Well, I'm one of those players that if I got an open three, but I see one guy on the block, it's going to the block. It's a higher percentage shot. Um, very unselfish. Uh, I get that from many people. Is like, some people even tell me to shoot the ball more than <laughs> what, I, what I do. But I'm I'm just a team player. Is I prefer high percentage shots over low percentage. And Seth, does being a um, someone who officiates youth league games as you do, does that help you as well on the floor on the on the field? Uh, yeah, it helps me in uh, different ways. Is being able to lead and uh, lead by example, and uh, lead by example, and just execute again. Uh, as uh, you just got to have that uh, mindset to get the job done. The Pike View Panthers, uh, Seth Meadows, with us now, our standout athlete of the week, and. Seth, I know uh, making it to the state baseball championship game was a big accomplishment a year ago. I know that you and the Panthers are looking to get back this year and uh, also uh, on the basketball floor as well. You've drawn 118 charges, and there's always that kind of joke about Duke University <laughs> taking charges. And So somebody ha- asked me if, if you were considering walking on at Duke with the high GPA <laughs> and the amount of charges drawn. Well, you know, uh, possible is uh, you never know. But the charge, you know, it's just a big part of the game. Is one, it gets you the ball back. Two, it gets a foul on the other player. And three, after the after you get the ball back, you turn that into two or three points. You gain some momentum. Is I just think it's a very important part, and uh, it's just a really good play. Seth Meadows, our standout athlete of the week from Pikeview High School. Once again, congratulations on that. I know, again, a great run for your baseball team as well a year ago. And uh, we wish you guys the best of luck. Hey, thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. Again, that's Seth Meadows, our standout athlete of the week, a senior at Pikeview High School. You can always nominate uh, a standout athlete of the week 
you can do so by visiting basketballnight.com. Just follow the uh, instructions there for the submission of a standout athlete of the week. And uh, Coach Marone, catcher in baseball, is kind of the captain on the field, so to speak. And um, also a kid who gets it done in basketball as well. You, you can tell there's a leadership quality to him. Well, I'll tell you, there's a leadership quality. And as a coach and being around basketball as much as all three of us are, drawing the charges, that number's astounding to me because if you see a couple of charges uh, periodically throughout a season, that's a lot anymore. And I think Coach Akers talked about it earlier. The game has changed. Drawing a charge is a fundamental skill. But you know what? you got to have something inside that's willing to take one for the team, and Seth is willing to do it. And I, I loved in the package they talked about how sports has molded and affected his life and it's led him to want to continue on. The, the the future, whether it's baseball, basketball, whatever he chooses to coach or to be involved in, it's in good hands because here's somebody that understands what the game is. To say you'd give up a three to throw to the block, a lot of people would say it. I believe he would do it. I, I believe you're right. But, you know, being a catcher, I'm sure, <laughs> improves his skills on taking those charges. That's right. Hey, hey, if you catch a baseball coming at you, you know, you'll take anything on, right? Pikeview's won five straight games now, and they, they take on Princeton uh, next week, and that's a, 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 another two communities that are right there neighboring each other. And uh, Pikeview playing well in Princeton with a big win tonight over Greenbrier East, so that should be very interesting as well. So staying in Greenbrier County, Mike Goddard, WRLB Radio in Lewisburg. He joins us now, and Mike Meadow Bridge and Greenbrier West, the game that you had tonight, and tonight it was a – a night that uh, was a rough one for the the Cavaliers uh, against the Wildcats of Meadow Bridge. Well, yeah, you're right. Um, the uh, Cavaliers have played their last two games without their uh, leading scorer, Hunter Bevins. He's a senior guard forward slash really do-it-all for Greenbrier West and uh, had to have an, an emergency appendectomy. Uh, about a week ago, so he's he's out of action for a couple of weeks. And uh, this was the second game uh, between Meta Bridge and Greenbrier West. Uh, earlier this season, uh, Greenbrier West had defeated the Wildcats 56-43 in overtime at Charmco, and uh, Hunter Bevins, the uh, kid I was telling you about there, had nine points in that overtime period to um, you know help lead West to victory. Tonight, um, Wildcats got off to a good start. Uh, they led uh, 16 to nine at the end of the first quarter, and extended their lead 27 to 19 at the half. Uh, about midway through the third quarter, Meta Bridge had opened it up to a 16 point uh, advantage, 41 to 25, and the Cavaliers made a good run at it. Uh, they had a sophomore uh, guard, Noah Midkiff, hit a three-pointer right before the end of the third uh, quarter, and uh, the Cavaliers had trimmed it down to a 10-point lead, 41-31. They continued on. They had a 12-0 run um, against Better Bridge, and uh, with 2.28 to go in the fourth quarter, a reserve player, Landon Humphreys, comes up with a steal, uh, breakaway, Layup and uh, Greenbrier West actually reached the league 47-46. And uh, after some back and forth there, Metabridge was able to pull away, and uh, Zach Yates from Metabridge hit a free throw with uh, four and a half seconds left to make the uh, 
make it a two-possession game at that point. Mike, I'm right up against a hard break. Can we get you right after the break as well? Yes, absolutely. All right, thanks so much. That's Mike Goddard, WRLB Radio in Lewisburg. We'll join him, and we'll also hear from Mark Witt. Hatfield McCoy Shootout starts next week when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Hey, what about those picks? Get your pictures featured on our video stream. If you're watching now by YouTube or the RSN Sports Facebook page, we're featuring your pictures from games around the Mountain State. Send your pictures to us at RSN Sports on the RSN Sports Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram page. Visit RSN Sports to get your pictures featured in our video stream. Join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and we'll share the voting results. This week's question, do you think the NFHS rules regarding uniforms and accessories are too strict? Yes or no? We might even have some input from Mark Witt on that tonight. Go to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page, and you've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. We'll make sure to share the results at the end of the show this evening. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live, high-definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com. All it takes is just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. Or you can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Third and final hour of this edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville with you. We'll get you a scoreboard update in a moment. We'll also talk with Mark Witt about the Hatfield-McCoy shootout that comes up next week at the Williamson Fieldhouse. On the phone with us though right now is Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg. Thanks so much for hanging with us through the break, Mike. And uh, Greenbrier West looking at next week, uh, game against uh, Valley Fayette coming up Tuesday. And then Friday, the Hometown Invitational. And what's interesting about the Boys' Hometown Invitational is, as of right now, the meeting hasn't taken place, I don't think, to uh, seed the team. So you don't know who's playing just yet. That's correct. That's going to take place this Sunday. Um, But uh, before Greenbrier West can can look at next Friday, they've got a a big obstacle 
facing them next Tuesday in the Valley Greyhounds. Um, Greenbar West had a, a great month of December by their standards for the past few years. They they came out of the month of December with a 4-2 and two record. We're feeling pretty good about themselves. And then, uh, as I said earlier, uh, their scoring leader, Hunter Bevins, had that appendectomy. Didn't get to play in the Valley game, and, and they fell 50-29. to 29, And it was a game that uh, they just uh, really didn't play that well. They've uh, Since Greenbar West has dropped a single A, they have not been able to, to defeat Valley on their home floor. A uh, little bit more success at home and, and on neutral floor, and uh, they're going to be looking to get back in the win column. They're 5-4 and four on the season now. Um, and they've got a couple up and coming young sophomore twin brothers. We've got a six foot eight and six foot seven uh, set of twins. And uh, Riley Odell uh, tonight, sixteen points, uh, six rebounds, six block shots. His brother, eleven points, uh, six rebounds, and four block shots. Um, so they've uh, they're they're really going to turn into something nice for Greenbrier West and and the Cavaliers are going to really have to rely on them this Tuesday night against Valley. Should be a lot of fun. Mike Goddard WRLB Radio in Lewisburg. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. All right, and now before we get to Mark Witt and the Hatfield McCoy shootout, he's been on hold with us for 30 minutes, and we greatly appreciate it, Mark. We'll get to you in just a minute, but first, we need to get another check of our scoreboard update. We'll start with Coach Moreau with the boys' scores, <laughs> the top half of the boys' scores. How about that? I'll just I'll guide you through here, Coach. Just uh, kind of uh, take Probably me by the team. hand and lead me around. This is your BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Our boys' scores tonight, we start out with Magnolia and Tyler Consolidated. Tyler gets the 61-52 to win over Magnolia. Poconis County, 65. Tigers Valley, 61. Payton City falls tonight to Bishop Donahue. The Bishops, 74. Payton City, 53. Moorefield, 70. East Hardy, 49. Toronto, Ohio gets a win over Oak Glen, 73-59. The Golden Bears fall tonight. Cameron, 48. Valley Wetzel, 28. Wayne gets a 77-52 win over Grace Christian tonight. Valley Fayette, we talked about them earlier. The Greyhounds, 67-35. Winners tonight over Buffalo. Clay County, a close one with Calhoun County. They get a 49-47 win over the Red Devils. A barn burner in the Valley. Capital 73, GW 72. Scott falls to Chapmanville. The Tigers 95, Scott 55. Trinity 71-48 winners over Clay Battelle tonight. Also, Bluefield 61, Graham, Virginia 57. The Hedgesville Eagles, 55, Washington, 45. And we've got some more boys' scores for you. Yeah, also in boys' high school basketball action tonight in the Mountain State, it was Montcalm defeating 100, 68-45. Huntington defeats Cabell Midland, 71-46. James Monroe doubles up Liberty Raleigh, 60-30. Musselman defeats Jefferson, 46-37. It was Logan, 72, Nitro, 59. Madonna, Defeats Weir, 59-38. The private school in Weirton gets the win over the public school in Weirton. Also tonight, Martinsburg defeats Spring Mills, 66-40. Meadow Bridge, a 55-51 winner over Greenbrier West. It was Parkersburg, 85. Woodrow Wilson, 71. Lincoln County defeats Point Pleasant, 60-46. A nice road win for the Panthers. Princeton beats Greenbrier East tonight, 59-54. First loss of the season for the Spartans. Still waiting to hear 
from Wes McKinney. Hopefully we can get him on before the show ends as well. Fayetteville defeats Richwood. Final score of 76-66. The Pirates are now 9-0. Ripley beats Riverside 60-53. Shady Spring a home winner over Wyoming East 59-37. Sissonville over Herbert Hoover 67-55. South Charleston defeats St. Albans 89-43. University 10-0 after a 75-50 win over Buchanan Upshur. Van defeats Sherman 49-42 the final in that one. Westside a big win over Mann 116-57. Parkersburg Catholic defeats Williamstown 54-48. And Winfield hands Mingo Central its second consecutive loss. The Generals get the home win 60-58. Mingo Central started 6-0, now 6-2. Joe has a girl scores. It was the Lady Indians of Sissonville defeating Herbert Hoover tonight, 78-21. It was Clay Battelle downing Trinity, 45-36. It was the Irish of Charleston Catholic defeating Madonna tonight, 45-33. The Montcalm Generals defeated the Lady Bulldogs of Van tonight, 39-32. It was Midland Trail falling to Fayetteville tonight, 67-37. The Pirates of Fayetteville now 9-0. It was the Morgantown Mohegans defeating Wheeling Park tonight, 36-29. Moorfield fell to Kaiser, 54-37. It was North Marion defeating Bridgeport, 84-78. Buchanan Upshur defeated Fairmont Senior, 80-75. Hannah McClung had 34 points in that game for Buchanan Upshur. It was Ritchie County over Calhoun County, 59-17. The Tigers of Chapmanville fell to the Wayne Pioneers, 73-59. It was the Lady Panthers of Clay County defeating Webster County, 78-30. It was Preston defeating the East Fairmont Bees tonight, 65-32. Robert C. Bird over the Tigers of Elkins, 39-31. Gilmer County defeated Ravenswood, 58-47. It was Lewis County, the Lady Minutemen, over Grafton tonight, 57-40. The Lincoln Cougars downed Phillip Barber, 76-48. Wyoming East over St. Joe's, 70-67. And it was Princeton over Mountain Mission, 67-25. Those are all finals, and we have all the girls' scores in on our scoreboard tonight. And that's a look at your BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Thank you very much, Joe. Of course, you can get those scores at BasketballNight.com, at Hoops underscore Roundup on Twitter. Hey, you want to follow us, there are a dozen ways to do so. Mark Witt is the administrator, I guess is the title we're going to go with for now, for the Hatfield-McCoy shootout at the Williamson Fieldhouse, the historic Williamson Fieldhouse. That gets underway one week from tonight. Mark, so kind to join us now. Mark, first off, thanks for holding in there with us for almost 45 minutes tonight. All right, no problem. I, I do have one more score for you. All right, yeah. We had my friend's parrot. I was on my way home, and I stopped here so I'd have cell service to call in. And uh, the parrot's won after it bit about half my foot off, and Mark <laughs> went zero. <laughs> well... <laughs> that, <laughs> that thing attacked me, man. It pulled me up. It to the cage over there. <laughs> so Mark Witt falls on the night. So uh, yeah, he can redeem himself next weekend. <laughs> hey, let, let's talk about the uh, 2017 Hatfield McCoy shootout Friday and Saturday. It's, first of all, I, I guess the biggest change here this is a two day event this year. Yes, it is. Uh, 
Uh, we talked to some of the coaches last year, and uh, we we had more teams that wanted to come, and we still had to turn some teams away this year. And we're looking to maybe even expand this thing to three teams if we can get enough sponsors so that we can take care of everyone when they come in. But uh, this will be the first time we've did it uh, in 14 years. Uh, uh, do it a Friday and Saturday event, and you know we we couldn't do that without the Justin Markham Law Office. So without helping us, uh, Delegate Markham stepped in. And, uh, as you know, uh, we just don't have the coal industry here that we had, and uh, it's, it's very difficult to to raise funds to uh, to put an event on like this, and it is quite expensive. But uh, we're we're very excited about our lineup. We've got some great teams coming in from three different states, uh, twelve different counties across uh, West Virginia, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Well, first of all, let's just run down through the Friday games one week from today. You've got Ambas- Ambassador Christian and Covenant Christian playing at 3.30. Then Tulsa takes on Wesley Christian, Kentucky. The circuit riders will make their way into the Williamson Fieldhouse. Scott and Sheldon Clark, Kentucky, play at 6.30. Then Mingo Central against Johnson Central, Kentucky at 8. Tug Valley against Christian County, from Kentucky at 9.30. Those are the Friday games. And I'll, I'll tell you, Mark, I know some of the matchups changed, at least in, in the past few days. I think the matchups decided upon there are fantastic basketball games, at least in the making. Yes, it is. There was a couple of schedules that was put out uh, sporadically by different people on social media, but this was the first official schedule that we had, uh, had, had put out. And we were glad, you know, to, to add a game early at 3.30 with the two private schools, uh, Ambassador Christian and up-and-coming Coven Christian out of Huntington. I think that people find that will be an exciting game. Uh, both teams have some, have some pretty good players on there. When we go to the second game today, you know, you got Tulsa Rebels, uh, you know, a lot of tradition in Wayne County in, in, in basketball, uh, coached by Mike Smith. They're going to take on Wesley Christian's high school team, their, their, their true high school team. And uh, Jack Geraldover has done a wonderful job, you know, with the with what I call their prep team, and uh, he's really excited about bringing his high school team over. This is the first time they participated. His uh, his prep team, you know, traditionally has played South Charleston every year, and uh, this year we we were able to uh, team him up, and we'll talk about that on Saturday night here in a bit. But uh, with another prep school out of Tennessee, coached by a local mate, one boy in Belfry High School, uh, former Belfry High School coach Randy Casey. Our third game is Scott. Uh, this, you know they got a new coach over there, and uh, they're, they're trying to get the program rebuilt. Going up against Sheldon Clark, and I just worked the Sheldon Clark and East Ridge game in the All A final at the Expo Center at Pikeville last night, and Sheldon Clark got upset by uh, East Ridge uh, three points in overtime. Sheldon Clark has a really nice team. Uh, probably got a couple of D one players on there within the next couple of years. They've got. Uh, uh, Bradley Dalton, he's averaging 15 points a game, shooting 43% from uh, the three-point line. Um, you got David Cantrell's averaging 11 points and, and the eight rebounds. Uh, Dylan James, uh, they got a, a tremendous player, started there for four years. Uh, he's averaging 19 points, nine rebounds, and he's shooting 37% from behind the, uh, the arc. And then you have uh, Sean uh, Moore, who's averaging 13 points a game and seven rebounds. They also have a tremendous seventh grader that's playing quite a bit called Brady uh, Dingus, and they've got an eighth grader that gets quite a bit of playing time. He's six foot nine, Trey James. That's uh, Dylan's brother, and they they got a really good defensive player in uh, in Ethan uh, Osborne. Uh, they 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 put him on the kid uh, from um, East Ridge last night, and the kid from East Ridge is about six five six six, and and he's done a tremendous job on him. But uh, East Ridge pulled it out uh, in overtime. 
And then our last game, or our next game, will be Mingo Central and Johnson Central. Mingo, uh, this past week, was ranked number one. They've lost two games in a row, led by Jeremy Dillon, a uh, kid that grew up at Birch, and then uh, went to Tug Valley and back at Mingo Central now. And then uh, you got Keyshawn Rhodes. Uh, you got ninth grader Drew Hatfield, Coach Kevin Hatfield's son. You got the Fletcher kid that came back over from Belfry. And then you got the big Buchanan kid that uh, played football. He's about six eight. So Mingo Central's got a nice ball club. And then Johnson Central just speaks for itself down there. Uh, seems like Tommy McKenzie just reloads every year. And they got Mason Blair. He's averaging about thirty points and five rebounds. Uh, he's in pursuit to break about three state records down there if he continues that pace. He's been a four year starter for Tommy. They have a Cole Grave. He's averaging about 23 points, seven and a half rebounds a game. And then they have a Jacob Rice. Uh, uh, he's averaged about 12 uh, points per game and and four rebounds. So I, I look for that to be an outstanding uh, game up and down the floor. And then our nightcap, we have the uh, Tug Valley Panthers. Don't no need to say a whole lot about them. You know, year in year out there in Charleston, and uh, Edwin May is doing a, a terrific job going against. Uh, of their former coach, Frankie Smith, who won a state championship down there with Christian County. And uh, Tug Valley, you know, has got Tyler May and and the, and the Blankenship kid, and you can go on and on about those kids. There's about eight or nine of them play down there. A real, really good ball team. We just beat Mingo Central, actually, the other night down there, I think, uh, one point. And then Christian County comes in, Frankie's team. He's got Jalen Sabree. He's averaging uh, 17 points per game. He's already signed with Coastal Carolina. And they have this... Uh, a junior named Detrend Ware, and he goes by T-Ware. But University of Kentucky is recruiting him. He's averaging 20-plus points a game and 10 rebounds. They have another senior, uh, uh, Mason kid. He's averaging 14 points and 8 rebounds. The record right now is 13-2. and The rank's 7th in the state. You know, in Kentucky, it's all classes, A through 4A or 3A, whatever they have over there. And they're ranked 7th in the state. And they got beat in the first round of the uh, state uh, state championships in Rupp Arena last year. Should be a great so I think day. We've got a really good, exciting uh, uh, Friday schedule coming up. Uh, look for a good crowd and uh, some exciting basketball. Uh, you'll see several D1 players there. Yeah, and then a full slate of games Saturday, eight games Saturday, all those on basketballnight.com. Mark Witt, always a pleasure to get to speak with you and uh, sometimes even get to call games that you are uh, – on the on the floor as well. Still, always a pleasure though. You've always been a a, a great uh, person to work with over the years, and, and the many aspects that you and I have crossed paths. Sometimes that we haven't crossed paths directly, but still, uh, it's always been a pleasure. I knew when whenever you were on the court or on the field, I knew everything's under control. Well, we appreciate that. You know, you're only as good as the people you put around. You know, I've been blessed to have a have a good crew in football and basketball. I've been blessed to work, you know, uh, uh, several state championships in both sports as well as baseball. been blessed. Absolutely. That's Mark Witt, the Hatfield-McCoy shootout, Friday and Saturday at the Williamson Fieldhouse in Mingo County, and that should be a lot of fun. We'll talk much more about that. We'll also talk with Craig Dutton, WRR Radio in St. Mary's. That means we've got every final score. We'll talk about that as well. And Wes McKinney, WAEY in Princeton. He didn't win the lottery. We'll explain what that means. From Basketball Friday Night, (laughs) West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. 
Seth Meadows tonight from Pikeville Panthers joins Emily Sauborn from the Trinity Christian Warriors, Chandler Stacy, Spring Valley Timberwolves, Lauren Antelock, East Fairmont Bees, and Doug Workman, Point Pleasant Big Blacks. What they've all got in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. If you've got someone remarkable on your team, someone you'd like to nominate, you can do so by going to basketballnight.com and entering all their information so we can consider the nominees. The nominees are considered based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com. Click on the standout athlete of the week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Streaming online video from the studios at Marshall University. Visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Call us tonight. Toll free, 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Join us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Shout outs to some of our new Twitter followers tonight, including... Noah Pennington, Hunter Morse, Dylan Richards, Jim Cooper, David Parsons, Lindsay McCooney, and Butch Powell. Thanks for joining us on Twitter. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. It's 11-19 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Cruising right along with you till midnight. You're on the Fast Break Sports Network. We'll talk about the big win for Princeton over Greenbrier East with Wes McKinney in a moment. But first, we go back to the phone lines. Craig Dub. Uh, Craig Dutton, WRRR. See, I was ready for the RRR part, and, and then, uh, then I botched the easy part of that. Craig Dutton joins us now on the program. I guess when you work for WRRR, Light Rock, you just go with Light Rock, right? <laughs> yeah, people have called it W3R for a number of years since its inception in the 80s, and it just goes by 93R now. We always like to just call it Light Rock 93R. There you go. And for me, just call that and don't have to worry about the call letter. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, sometimes we get some challenging ones. Um, St. Mary's, the uh, St. Mary's Invitational. Um, yeah. I know it's a lot of fun up there. Uh, the basketball right now, St. Mary's boys, 8-2. and two, And um, really, um, we'll talk about uh, one of their opponents here in a moment first. But uh, tonight, yeah. though, getting a win over South Harrison in the championship game after defeating Work County earlier in the week. So uh, for St. Mary's, uh, nice little stretch in the home tournament. It was. It was a night, really had a rough night shooting. Their leading scorer was Will Billiter with 13, but he didn't attain those points until late, until he's put to the free throw line. If I'm correct, from our statistician, uh, talking to him on courtside, uh, they're going to have a lot of free throw drills this coming week. They were only (laughs) 5 for 19 at the free throw line versus South Harrison tonight. And normally a team like that, in a situation like that, you, you normally lose games. And they, they pulled that one out. Uh, South Harrison, a very physical, up-and-coming team in classing. Like Tom Sears has got his work cut out for him, but 
a lot of respect to him. He's done a really good job. And I know coming into this matchup tonight, uh, talking to Mark Barnhart a little bit about you know this matchup, it, honestly, going into the meetings for the hit tournament this Sunday, I've heard a lot of murmurs that this game probably had a lot of la- you know had a lot of lane for the seeding for the tournament. I think St. Mary's in their four and zero week really set the pace for this. And uh, going all the way back to last Saturday, four and zero in one week that went over Williamstown. That they they practically should have lost that game. They were down by six under twenty seconds to go. And Braden Barnhart, who's now become more of a threat in the shooting department for the Blue Devils, he um, he managed to get that three off. And then Ritchie County, Work County, as you mentioned, and South Harrison tonight, very good week for the Blue Devils, sitting at eight and two. And it was only a, a, a small rotation out there for the boys' team. Now, I have to back up. You and I didn't get to talk last week. Um, but yeah. going back to the third, um, a tough night for St. Mary's in the pit at Ravenswood in the rematch yeah. of a game that St. Mary's won the first one. I guess what I'm really asking here, though, is how good is that Ravenswood ball club? They're they're very, very well coached. I, I'm just glad now St. Mary's is actually a threat now as a new school. <laughs> they had a place that could be a threat now. The team's coming into St. Mary's with that new facility. But, you know, the pit is one of the toughest places. It's one of the older gyms. I don't know how many of them are left. You know, they've named that floor after Coach Price, wonderful coach there for years for Ravenswood. And the Ravenswood team, they are, honestly, they're my favorite right now to win the state. One thing that hurt them, uh, in that game versus uh, Ravenswood, Billiter had to be taken out early. He had uh, bronchitis real bad, start coughing up uh, there early on in that game. He's a big rebounder for St. Mary's. That doesn't take away from Ravenswood because they came in with the right game plan for for the Blue Devils. Honestly, I'm sure Coach Price just kept rotating. Rotating is the depth. That's the one thing. If you've got enough guys who can shoot the ball, and away, Coach Price has got this program set up for years for the Red Devils. Uh, I, you know, heard stories years and years. You know, he's there to help the boys at any time of the day if he needs to. He can talk to them. Ravenswood's got a very good program, and I don't know how much he liked that transition single A, but I, I'm sure it may pay out for him with this very competitive year in single A boys basketball. Well, Craig St. Mary's moving back to the Blue Devils, taking on Parkersburg Catholic next week, and then in the hometown Invitational. So, yeah, not not really much of a break there. Uh, no, no. They That Parkersburg Catholic team coming off a good string of games, especially with the upset of Notre Dame uh, here a few a few weeks ago. I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to see what they can do uh, within that matchup, especially got a guy like Braden Barnhart who's really standing up. Uh, tonight, Noah Van Zyl, he finally got his offensive scoring back on track. He had some important long two-point shots. He's been a defensive threat all season, but he put up 10 points tonight. At, at times, whenever South Harrison was breathing, down the necks of St. Mary's. They were within two points, uh, three points at one time, and Van Zyl was able to get the long jumper in and extend that lead for the Blue Devils and hold off South Harrison. So you're starting to see key elements start to step up for the Blue Devil boys team. Um, and this tournament's still not over with yet. The girls play on Monday night. They uh, they take on undefeated Frontier at 12-0. and And the girls team, of course, there's still a lot of questions there. Uh, I, honestly, this has been a busy weekend for us. We got a wrestling tournament as well tomorrow, pending the icy weather uh, forecasted tonight. But like you mentioned there, Ryan, I, I think St. Mary's as a team right now going into that seeding is faring pretty good, even with a loss to Catholic next week, um, which I'm sure it's on the minds of those boys right now. Uh, St. Mary's is looking pretty good at this point. They just got to stay healthy and almost attain that same motto that the football team had all football season. 
stay healthy and humble. And that's the only way I know that uh, St. Mary's boys basketball will be able to hold out and try to make it in through the sectionals. Craig Dutton, WRRR Radio. I like the challenge. That's why I went for it again. WRRR Radio in St. Mary's. Always a pleasure. Craig, we'll talk to you next week. Hey, thank you, guys. You have a wonderful night. Hey, you as well. You as well. And going right back to the phone lines, Wes McKinney, WAEY in Princeton. I joked that he didn't win the lottery. It's because there was a $2 million winning lottery ticket sold in Princeton that hadn't been um, claimed. That that came out uh, overnight. And uh Made sure that Wes knew about it, and just in case. I don't know if he plays lottery or not, but you know, you never know. But I'll tell you what, Wes, the Princeton Tigers tonight truly like a lottery winner against Greenbrier East. Guys, I'll tell you, this uh, this is my fourth year doing radio here in Princeton, and I'm just like I was trying to recall while I was waiting and and listening to Craig. I was just trying to recall a bigger win for Princeton in those four years, and the only other one that really comes to my mind is last year ever Princeton stopped a long losing streak to Bluefield at home. That's the only one that can come to my mind. So, I mean, this win is just a huge, huge momentum boost for Princeton. Now, obviously, it doesn't mean much if you have a bad week next week when you go 0-3. But to be down by 17 at the end of the first quarter to a team that's undefeated, ranked in the top 10 in the state, and just gradually claw your way back into the game, you outscore Greenbrier East by 16 points in the second quarter, only going to halftime down one, and then you basically just grind your way through the rest of the game and get a five-point win against, like I said, a team that's undefeated, top ten in the state. I, I just I, I can't think of a bigger win for Princeton in these last four years. It has to be a lot of fun right now for that ball club. And, and, and Wes, we know it. It's been a rough, rough go of it at times for Princeton, and, and sometimes – you get that one night, like tonight, and, and, and it's sort of you, – you, you certainly appreciate it, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, you know, Princeton hits 10 threes tonight. You know, 30 of their 59 points come from behind the arc. The, the starting point guard for Princeton, Drew Hopkins, grabs 10 rebounds. I mean, that's, that's almost un, unheard of, you know, for your starting point guard. I mean, Drew goes, you know, about 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, five, you know, he's not a he's not a – you know, he's not big, you know, he's just he's just a, a regular old guard out there for Princeton and yet he gets ten rebounds. So it goes to show you that rebounds are hustle stat and when you make ten threes, I don't care what level you're playing at, you're gonna have a really good chance of winning. Busy week ahead for Princeton and quite frankly, you've got a, a couple of games that are of uh, you know, close proximity here. You've got a game at Graham coming up Tuesday, a home game with Pike View Wednesday. And then next Friday night, a home game with Hampshire. That kind of comes out of nowhere in, in many ways, but in terms of being from the Eastern Panhandle, long distance travel. But um, you know, right back into the grind of playing a, a local schedules and, and teams that are pretty good as well. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, like I said, I mean, this is a big win tonight, and, and hopefully, Princeton uses this as a springboard into next week, you know, hopefully, yeah, I mean, you love 3-0 and next week. I mean, let's not make any mistakes. You, you love 3-0, and but I think 2-1 and is, is very doable for Princeton next week. Now, in that, you got Graham, who tonight lost to Blue for about four points, so you know they're not real happy right now. But they're a team that played in, the, uh, I believe it was the 2A state quarterfinals last year in the state of Virginia. So you know they're really good. Pikeview is maybe one of the hottest double-A teams in the state right now after the start they got off and what they've been able to accomplish. And you have Hampshire Friday night, who is a 
completely unknown to you. So it's it's a it's a interesting schedule for for Princeton and and what I'm looking forward to, guys. I like I love Princeton Bluefield. I may love Princeton Pikeview more because I have a mad amount of respect for Mr. Meadows, what he does at Pikeview. I think that kid is one of the best players in, in Class AA. I'm, I'm interested to see him. I've already watched him three times this year, and I'm, I, and I'm interested to see how he matches up with Princeton because last year at the game at Pikeview, it turned into Seth Meadows versus Colton Fix. Now, Colton's graduated, so I'm interested to see who, who takes on the task of trying to shut down Seth Meadows next, uh, next Wednesday night. Well, Wes, he was our standout athlete of the week this week, so I've got some game prep help for you here. You may have brought him across this, but I'll, I'll help you out here already. He's drawn 118 charges in his career. That, that, that's crazy to me. You know, I mean, I watch, him, I watch him play, and, I mean, I know he's a baseball catcher, and he kind of takes on that mentality on, on, on the basketball court. You know, he's got that toughness about him, and he's, you know, he's kind of the guy that makes that engine go. And I'm interested to see, you know, if Princeton can match up with him. And then, you know, a like you has the big kid with Wayne Brookman, who is six five, and Princeton has a couple kids, you know, in the six four six five neighborhood. But Pikeview likes to get up and down the floor. Princeton, you know, is usually a team that if they can score in the mid fifties, mid mid to lower fifties, they've got a you know they have a good chance to win. So I'm interested to see the kind of, I guess, the contrasting styles. Between Princeton and Pikeview Wednesday night. Princeton hands Greenbrier East its first loss of the season tonight in boys basketball. 59 54 was the final in that one. West McKinney, WAEY Radio in Princeton, Boys of the Tigers. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Right now, we'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio. The Hardy Boys shootout tonight between East Hardy and Moorfield and our resident referees in the bullpen. We'll talk about all that when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important, it's serious, and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or the court. If this sounds like you... The Marshall University School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. What about those picks? Get your picks featured on our video stream. If you're watching now by YouTube or RSN Sports Facebook page, we're featuring your pictures from games around the Mountain State. Send your pictures to us at RSN Sports on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family by following us on Twitter. We'll make sure to mention you in the show. At Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Tweet us your team score and give us your comments on the game. At Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. 
shout out to our new followers tonight, including Gary Arrowwood, Noah Pennington, Tanner Sears, Hunter Morse, Dylan Richards, Nick Carroll, Colby Martin, Alex Bo Berry, David Parsons, Butch Powell. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 11.33 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. 11.34 now here as we, with you till midnight, we'll keep moving along with our calls in just a moment. We'll talk with Sam Blizzard, WLD Radio in Hardy County. East Hardy, Moorefield played tonight. And our resident referee, Bo Anderson, as well. But first, Marcus Constantino in now with a check of the BasketballNight.com power ratings. So the January 13th, 2017 Basketball Friday Night power ratings starting in girls AAA. Uh, Huntington takes keeps its top spot, number one, South Charleston, uh, remaining at number two. Buchanan Upshur stays at number three. Greenbrier East uh, staying at number four. And Parkersburg moving up one spot into number five. Moving on to girls double A. North Marion moving up a spot into number one. Winfield up a spot to number two. Bluefield falling two spots down into number three. Uh, Lincoln coming in at number four and Fairmont Senior rounding out the top five in girls double A and moving down to single A. Willing Central moving up to number one. Tulsa coming in at number two. Rick Marone. Gilmer County coming in at number three. St. Joe dropping three spots into number four. And Tucker County uh, breaks the top five coming in at number five. Moving on into the BasketballNight.com boys power ratings. Fairmont Senior comes in. Uh, this is double A. We'll go over to triple A first. Capital coming in at number one. University. Uh, with the win over Morgantown, they're moving up to number two. Uh, Morgantown's moving down to number three. Martinsburg jumping four spots up into number four. And Musselman uh, squeaking up into the top five. Now we go over to boys AA Fairmont Senior. And at number one, North Marion stays at number two. Bluefield three, Chapmanville four. And Polka rounding up the top five in double A. And finally, the boys single A basketballnight.com power ratings. It's Fayetteville coming in at number one. Willing Central number two. Ravenswood coming in at three. Notre Dame number four. And St. Mary's coming in at number five. That is your basketballnight.com power ratings. And again, you can see those at basketballnight.com. And also, they get released uh, Wednesday as well. You have, a, you have a midweek release and then a Friday night release. That's right. You can catch them on Wednesday. Um, our friend Brandon Lowe over at 95, the Sports Fox WBES. You can catch those on his Wednesday, Wednesday shows. It's every Wednesday from 5 to 6 at 95thesportsfox.com um, or on the air in Charleston, 950 WBES. And as always, you can get them at basketballnight.com. We also want to say hello to a new affiliate tonight. That's right. Uh, thank you to the ticket, 102.3 WMTD. Tonight uh, is their first night uh, on with us on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We've been, uh, Dave Morrison's been a good friend of the show. Uh, he's been on here just about every week, and we are so happy um, to be on the air uh, with the ticket down there in Hinton. And we're uh, looking forward to having them. Uh, contribute uh, to our show and uh, uh, they always you know
know, uh, make this show a, a, a better show anytime they're, uh, they're part of it. Absolutely. Marcus, thank you so much. Thank you. Let's go right back to the phones to Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio, East Hardy and Moorfield tonight in the Hardy Boys uh, Hardwood Classic. And uh, Sam Moorfield gets a resounding victory over the Cougars. Indeed they do. Um, you know, I've been talking the last couple of weeks how they've been losing a lot of close games. Tonight they uh, put four quarters together. This was a game that was marred by 45 fouls that were whistled. And uh, you know, it's like most rivals rivalries around the state. If um, you know you get these guys playing checkers or chess, it's going to be a heated rivalry game. And, uh, you know, it's the same on the hardwood. But Farsi uh, Bright led... Uh, Nine scores, I believe, for Moorfield tonight. So a pretty balanced attack for the Yellow Jackets. And that, you mentioned that game is always competitive in terms of, uh, may, you know, regardless of the, the caliber of teams. It's just the, the competitiveness within the proximity of, of each other, knowing each other, and that trip between Moorfield and Baker in Hardy County. And, and those two schools, um, like you said, I mean, that's one of the small school rivalries that we have left. And I think it's a special one at that. Indeed it is. I mean, it was a tight game for three quarters. Warfield was able to hit some foul shots and pull away the late. But um, had two games for East Hardy that we did this week. Uh, they had a victory over Union earlier in the week. In that game, uh, Brett Tharp, who was known as an all-state receiver for East Hardy in football, at 25 in that game, and tonight he had 30 of the 49 points for the Cougars. So big win tonight for Moorfield, and looking forward for both teams, uh, the Yellow Jackets coming up this week will have a contest with Strasburg. That is on the 16th. That's out of Pennsylvania, correct? Uh, out of Virginia. Virginia, okay. Something near D.C. Yeah, I get. I, I sorry about that. I, um, there's a Strasburg in Pennsylvania, but not that one. I'm just covering myself there. But uh, um, and then for East Hardy, you know, looking ahead for the Cougars uh, as well. Uh, game with Paul Paul coming up uh, next Thursday, and then uh, you know before that, a game with Pendleton County. So uh, a couple of, uh, of important games for East Hardy can kind of try to get things on the right track. Right. Um, you know, you mentioned Pendleton County. That's another team that we cover over here in this area. Um, a team not a lot of people have heard of. They are 8-2, and two, and uh, they knocked off an 8-1 and one Pocahontas County team early in the week. So uh, just these teams here in the Potomac Valley Conference, there's, there's no gimmings, that's for sure. Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio in Hardy County. Always a pleasure, Sam. Thank you, sir. All right, have a good weekend. That's, again, our, our buddy Sam Blizzard. That's like a foul every 45 seconds. I mean, you know, that's unreal. You know, that's also a perfect segue, and that's what we call it in the radio business, because our next guest is our resident referee. <laughs> Bo Anderson joins us on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Bo, good evening. Hey, buddy, I'm here. I had a, an overtime game tonight, so I'm a little bit late calling in. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, you know, i got to get it in sooner or later, so better late than never. Maybe I guess it might be saving the best for last, I guess. Or Don't think so. No, 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 no. We are saving the best for last. <laughs> oh, okay. Ca- cause is on hold. He's next. But, uh, oh, 
But we, we just heard Sam Blizzard talk about a game, and, and uh, from an official standpoint, I mean, there were 45 fouls called in the East Hardy Moorfield game. That's a rivalry game. It's a competitive physical game. You get those in rivalry games. You get those in non-rivalry games. Just any night of the week, you don't know what you're getting into as a player or an official sometimes. And uh, you know, I think there's sometimes when you hear that number, you think, "Oh, they over officiated it." But sometimes that's absolutely necessary to you know keep order and peace. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, as an official, you know, we're going to call the game the way it's played. And, you know, if it's rough or physical and we have to blow the whistle more, we're going to have to do it. I mean, uh, you know, we don't have any options or choices. Uh, and, you know, you never know, night in, night out. That's why they play the game. If it was predictable, then we may as well not even play. We'll just say what the final score is, who won, and who had how many points and be done. But, uh, you know, it is unpredictable. You, you know, uh, night in, night out, I never know myself when I walk out on the floor what I'm going to have. And uh, always, you know, as a, from a fishing standpoint, trust me, people think, oh, my goodness, they're out there calling all these fouls. Trust me, as an official, we don't want to be out there calling all those fouls, but sometimes we don't have any choice. Um, you know, in rival games such as the one that was played there, uh Sometimes they choose to play really well, and sometimes they choose to not. And, uh, you know, we just have to go with what happens. Bo, I, I want to bring up something before we, we get too far along here. We're, we're only really going to have a, a short period of time to speak with you here. But I saw something in a college game last night that brought me back to something we talked about earlier this year. You mentioned ball on the floor, one player with two hands on it, a player from another team with one hand on it, why there is no jump ball and why the team that has two hands on the ball can call timeout because they have established possession the girl with or player with one hand does not I actually saw that in a college game last night and it was called correctly a timeout called and was granted by the for the team that had two hands on the ball so somebody's listening bo You know what? We lost Bo. Oh, man. <laughs> I gave him a setup that was going to talk about good officiating, and we lost him. That's incredible. That's incredible. We actually we also lost Cause. I don't know. We're going to have to check on some things, guys. You know what? Let's take our final break of the night. We'll come back. We'll get our poll question, and we'll also um, wrap things up, get a final check of our scoreboard. It's almost full. We need one score. We need East Liverpool, Ohio, and Brooke. If you have that score, please tweet it to us, at hoops underscore roundup. We'll hope to get Cos back when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. tonight, you can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley, 
101.7 FM WYATLP Clay. 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay. Our newest affiliate tonight, WMTD, the ticket 102.3 FM in Hinton. Light Rock 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's 93.9 FM, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW Logan. 95, the Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 9.50 a.m., 106.7 FM, WHFI, Linside, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 7.40, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburn, 101.1 FM, WVWP, Wayne, 97.9, WSPWLP, Parkersburg, 104.5 104.5 FM WASPLP in Huntington. 94 Rock. WRLF Fairmont. Power 92 Radio. 92.3 FM WIRCLP in Spencer. Talk 92.5 WTHMLP Ravenswood Ripley. And of course, Marshall University's flagship station. 88.1 FM WMUL. Huntington. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 11.47 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program. Before we go any further, let's try to get a scoreboard update in here while we continue to work on a, a little issue I think we may have sorted out, but I want to give us just a, a little extra time, and we do need to get that final scoreboard update. So, uh, Coach Marone, lead the way with the boys' scores. Going to lead the way with the boys' scores. Going to give you the winners tonight, uh, a bunch of scores in. We appreciate everyone's help on the basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Your winners tonight on the boys' side. Tyler Consolidated gets a win over Magnolia. Pocahontas County gets a win tonight. Also, Frontier, Ohio, big victory for them. Bishop Donahue, the Bishops come out on top tonight. Moorfield, a winner in their game with East Hardy. Toronto, Ohio, a win tonight. Cameron, the Dragons get a win. Wayne, the Pioneers, over, over Huntington Grace Christian. Also on the winner's side tonight, St. Mary's, the Blue Devils get a win. Valley Fayette, Clay County. Capital, a huge win over GW tonight by one point. Chapmanville Tigers get a win tonight. Trinity, a winner tonight. Bluefield defeats Graham, Virginia tonight. Hedgesville also comes out on top 55-45 over Washington. And the rest of the boys scores. Joe, take away the rest of the boys scores. I'm sorry. And it was the uh, Montcalm Generals coming up winners tonight. Huntington Highlanders over Campbell Midland. It was James Monroe over Liberty Raleigh. It was the Musselman, the Appleman over Jefferson Cougars tonight. It was Wheeling Central with the win over Lindsay High School. It was Nitro falling to Logan Wildcats tonight in the Cardinal Conference. It was Madonna over Weir. The Martinsburg Bulldogs over Spring Mills. Meta Bridge over Greenbrier West. It was the Morgantown Mohegans over John Marshall tonight. It was Parkersburg defeating the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles tonight. Point Pleasant actually fell to Lincoln County tonight. Greenbrier East 
fell to the Princeton Tigers. Richwood fell to Fayetteville. It was Independence over Riverview. Ripley over Riverside. Wyoming East fell to the Shady Springs Tigers. It was the Black Eagles of South Charleston over the Red Dragons of St. Albans. Hurricane defeated Spring Valley. Tucker County over Elkins. It was Union over Pawpaw. University over Buchanan Upshur. It was the Van Bulldogs over the Cross County Boone County rivalry tonight over Sherman. It was Westside over Mann. Williamstown fell to Parkersburg Catholic, and it was Mingo Central falling to the Winfield Generals. And that was a look at your winners on the boys' side. Winners on the girls' side tonight. Sissonville beats Herbert Hoover. Clay Battelle beats Trinity. Yeah, guys, we're not done. A lot of scores tonight, right? It's all good. Charleston Catholic beats Madonna. Montcalm beats Van. It was Fayetteville over Midland Trail. Morgantown beats Wheeling Park. Morgantown earlier this week had beaten Buchanan Upshur. Kaiser beats Moorfield. North Marion beats Bridgeport, Buchanan Upshur beats Fairmont Senior. Still an impressive run right now for the Buccaneers. Ritchie County beats Calhoun County. Ariel Atkins, a school record 40 points as Wayne defeats Chapmanville Regional tonight. Also, it was Clay County over Webster County. Preston beats East Fairmont. Robert C. Bird over Elkins. It was Gilmer County defeating Ravenswood. Lewis County beats Grafton. Lincoln over Philip Barber. Princeton beats Mountain Mission, and in overtime in New Richmond, Wyoming East hands St. Joe a rare in-state loss. The Warriors get the win 70-67. to That is your BasketballFridayNight.com scoreboard update. Usually right now we do our uh, poll question. We usually bring in uh, Seth Payne to do that. I'm going to handle it this week. You know, I was 14 minutes late. I might as well earn my keep here. Uh, last week's poll question was, do you think the National Federation high school rules regarding uniforms and accessories are too strict? 75% said yes, 25% no. Thank you to all those who voted on basketballnight.com. Our poll question this week is actually one we stole from Rick Kozlowski. <laughs> Thanks, Coz. Uh, yeah. Should... Should coaches be allowed to call live ball timeouts? This is something that is being phased out of the college game. They want the players to be the ones calling timeout. You don't want coaches screaming from the sideline for a timeout. Sometimes when the ball is not necessarily um, tied up, tied up, yeah, or, or yeah, if somebody doesn't really necessarily have possession, it's just one more thing for officials to have to worry about. I think it would kind of streamline things one way or the other. What do you think? Yes or no? Should coaches be allowed to call live ball timeouts? That is our poll question. You can vote up until next Friday night on basketballnight.com. Seth still gets paid for the night, by the way. He still gets pizza. But nonetheless, uh, we, we had to cut short our talk with Bo. We, we go back to the phone lines because it's cause time here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Rick Kozlowski. From the Martinsburg Journal, right there, Rick Kozlowski. Rick, welcome back to the program. Well, I guess I can be welcomed back about six different times. You guys got a black cat in there somewhere? <laughs> you know, it fr- is Friday the 13th. Um, I have to say, to this point, our show has technically been like flawless for the, for the course of our first six episodes, and 
Uh, tonight we're, we're running into some bugs, but it's not because of our guys. Our guys were taking care of everything back there. Those guys are the best. Well, there were just some strange and odd goings on. <laughs> I missed the top of the show, too, so, you know, what are you going to do? He was well, late. Very strange and odd as well. <laughs> we're going to dock his pay. No, I made it for the first segment, so I get paid by oh. the segment, right? So, um, Rick. Well, first off, I, 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 while I was on hold at one point, <laughs> I heard you guys mention that, that you had saved the best for last and referred to me, so I. <laughs> Deeply appreciate that. Well, you're welcome, and we always like to, you know, have a standard for you to live up to. You know, Bo's actually still on hold. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Bo. Bo, thanks for calling back. But uh, but we've got Rick with us right now, and, and, and Rick, things starting to starting to sort themselves out a little bit in the Eastern Panhandle. Martinsburg getting a win tonight over Spring Mills. Musselman holding on. Uh, actually having to come back in the fourth quarter to defeat Jefferson, and Martinsburg having beaten Jefferson by just 30 points earlier in the week. Uh, I know that that big game looming between Martinsburg and Musselman this week, but seems like uh, some things might be starting to fall into place a little bit. I, I think so, and, it, and that's what uh, is kind of expected, given that uh, the teams are basically playing league games, Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference. And so now they're starting to play each other, so now we're starting to kind of, you know, get a a true handle of, of where people are. I am really looking forward to next Friday night's game between Martinsburg and Musselman. I think Musselman just kind of had a little little off game today. Of course, it may have been, had something to do with you know, how Jefferson played, too. I didn't see that one. I saw Martinsburg and Spring Mills, and I haven't uh, seen Spring Mills uh, since first game of the year, and you know they'd gone on a bit of a winning streak. They were up to eight and two, and I was really interested to see you know where they kind of were situated, and you know I, I, I you know don't want to sound critical, but they kind of look like the team I saw the first week as the first game of the season when they lost to Princeton. Uh, you know, people have off nights. Uh, it's supposed to ice and snow and everything else around here tomorrow, and maybe they just, you know, wanted to, wanted to get the heck, heck out. But they kind of struggled in the second half, had some turnovers, and Martinsburg was able to convert and turned a you know fairly competitive first half into a, into a lopsided victory. Nice win tonight for Martinsburg over Spring Mills, and of course, Musselman and Martinsburg next week. Uh, Rick, always uh, good to get to talk with you. And, and you talk about weather, though. Uh, what I'm, I'm asking you to put on your forecasting hat here for, <laughs> for just a second. But uh, is this a situation where we're talking about anything prolonged that could stretch into early next week or uh, that expected uh, precipitation, whatever it may be, that falls from the skies tonight, uh, expected to maybe just be a one-night thing? I think it's going to be a one-night thing. We had we had a record temperature of 70 degrees yesterday, and then tomorrow you know, we're going to have ice and snow, and and then Sunday it's supposed to go back up a little bit, and next week back in the 50s. So you know, hey, so, if you don't like the weather, there's always the next day to figure it out. That's true. Hey Rick, thanks so much for calling, hanging in there with us through our technical glitches tonight. 
And uh, we always appreciate hearing from you from the Martinsburg Journal and look forward to it next week. Have a good weekend, buddy. Hey, you guys as well. Thanks a lot. All right, that's Rick Kozlowski. Now, we still got a, a little bit of time here left in the program, and, and I want to mention something real fast, and I thought this was really neat. Um, tonight went to uh, the, the Wayne Chapmanville Regional Girls game. I do public address for Wayne Girls Basketball. I'll be at the Wayne Chapmanville Boys game tomorrow night for public address for that as well. Uh, it's a makeup game. It fell on a day where I could, where I could do it. And um, at halftime, uh, one of the Chapmanville players' dads came down and said, Hey, I listen to your show. Always appreciate it. And it was Madison Webb's dad. Madison was one of our standout athletes of the week last year. And uh, it was just kind of neat. Uh, I thought, it, I think it's really important to build relationships through high school basketball or whatever athletic event that you're at because it's always nice to have a friendly face somewhere whenever you go somewhere. And, um, Coach, I know being in the business for a long time, you, you, you deal with other coaches. Sometimes they come and go frequently in some places. Sometimes they're around for a long time. But it's just nice to be able to know you're going to go see somebody that, you know, you know, just go have a conversation with somebody. Yeah, it's always nice. And those relationships are what it's all about as you do uh, work in athletics and high school athletics in particular. And then everywhere you go, there's there's kind of people that uh, you have that relationship with. And on a side note, just got a text. Bo Anderson has now ejected you from this show. And I told him <laughs> in about three minutes, in about three minutes, uh, you're going to be very accommodating for that. <laughs> yeah, you know. We, we do appreciate Bo. I mean, honestly, we, we give Bo a rough time. He's a good sport about it. He goes right along with it with us. And uh, So if you don't think officials have a good sense of humor, there's one. That, that, that <laughs> there's a few of them out there. Absolutely. Uh, Joe, thanks so much for coming yes, in as sir. well. And our thoughts and uh, prayers continue to be with uh, Bill Cornwell as he continues to have uh, family medical issues that he is working with, and that's why he's been able to join us. Billy C., thinking about you, buddy. For Rick Marone, Joe Linville, and the entire Basketball Friday Night crew behind the scenes, I'm Ryan Epling. Thanks for listening. We'll be back 9 to midnight next week for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.